everyone and welcome back to the pre-show to the house of Mario. This week is another one-on-one with your favorite Nintendo characters. And this week I'm talking to the very special, very pink, and surprisingly very hard Kirby. Kirby, welcome to the show. Hi. Now, Kirby, that is uh, fantastic stuff. And I'm really excited to have you here, Kirby, because I know myself and many others included just look at you and wonder, how does Kirby feel? Yeah. Is Kirby a nice, firm, plump marshmallow? Or is it more of like a, more of a dense dough? And like both are really fun to feel, but you know, I've got to be honest, Kirby, as soon as you come through the door, I gave you a bit of a poke in the back there, mate, and you're ex- you're extremely hard. You're all muscle. Hey. Which is just crazy to think about. You're like one big glute, if you know what I mean. Like a like a butt cheek. That's pretty much what you feel like. Like a nice firm butt cheek. Yep. Kinda like Bryce's butt cheeks. Really nice and firm. Good to feel. Good to good to grasp. So, how exactly do you keep up with your, you know, workout regime, all that type of thing? Because surely this physique doesn't just come naturally. <laughs> well, I think that's a great advice to give to a lot of people out there, like, like myself. You know, we work hard, we do all this type of thing, but it is hard to keep up with diet and all of that. And Kirby, we all know your diet is just ridiculous. We've all played your games, mate. We've all played your games, whether it's the the latest game or bloody all the way back with Twin Mirror or whatever. You know, I'm a bit uh, a bit lack with my Kirby games. Be honest, mate. You're a bit too family friendly for my liking. But you just eat everything. You suck up everything, and even Super Smash Brothers, you suck up your friends, your foes, your enemies, items, everything. You eat everything. So I've got no idea how you're keeping this up, mate. But it's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, uh, until next time. Um, yeah, this is the end of the pre-show. Catch you later. Good day, everybody, and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 192 are open. This week on the show, we're going to look through all of Nintendo's internal development teams and figure out, are we going to see any games from them at E3 2021 and much more? Joining me to talk all about that is my best mate, the sexiest of them all. It's Bryce DeWitt. Nice, nice firm butt cheek, DeWitt. Ooh. How are you doing, man? Good. Good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, Excellent. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. Very good. Mm, mm. You're talking a lot of shit here, mate. So, mm, yes. Sounds like you've had a few of these beers already, but you finally <laughs> brought the goods after a couple of weeks of talking about them. You brought these Ben and Jerry's I did. beers of sorts. So, run us through what these are, because I've got no idea, really. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> good way to start off the show is with a beer that you don't even know what the fuck it is, right? Matt, well, just, yeah. just feed it to me, my friend. Okay, so... um. Four Pines Brewery. You heard of him? You heard of Four Pines Brewery? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Four Pines Brewery. Um, I guess I guess they were like, you know, high high one day or something and they were like, yo, Ben and Jerry's, you want to do an alcoholic drink? And they're like, yeah, but only for the uh, cookie dough one because that was our best selling beer. Uh, ice cream. <laughs> so uh, here today we have uh, Four Pines, uh, Ben and Jerry's chocolate chip cookie dough inspired nitro beer. 
Uh, camera can't see that well. Maybe if I just do this a bit, uh, maybe you can see the can. I'm not sure. You probably can't. Um, I'm not going to waste too much time trying to focus a beer can on an audio yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it's uh, very interesting. Yeah, you you uh, have to pop the top and you have to pour it nice and hard so it activates the nitro. And um, I've heard some, like, middling reviews of, like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, very interesting, but uh, I, I wouldn't spend a night on it. And I've uh, mm. heard people that have had, like, one can and then they're like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. And then I've heard people that have had, like, Maybe a four pack, and they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> well, it, yeah. It, it's definitely interesting, like a a, a cookie dough inspired beer." Mm. It's very strange. All right, so so I've got a huge glass here. You've got a very small one. You've got to be very careful about how you pour yours. Yeah, I've got a hungry jacks one. You've got like like a. <laughs> I've got a Steiner. You've literally got a Steiner. I've got a literally got a Steiner, so that I don't uh, yeah fuck up that pour. All right, so. so Here's to uh, the week before E3, Bryce. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Oh. All right. Now, you got to pour it hard. Smells okay. Smells like beer, kind of. Yep. Smells like beer with a bit of ice cream in there. So, you got to pour it hard. I'm going to watch you do it in yours because yours is going to be... Oh. Look at that. That looks wonderful. It looks all froth at the moment. It could be ice cream. Now, if, if, if yeah, that you was... You've got to wait for the nitro to calm mm. down a bit. So, I'm, I'm going to do mine very, very carefully as well. Ooh. Yeah, yours is actually going well. Better than I thought it would. All right, that'll be enough for that. Yep, yep. Ooh, this looks all right. So you've got to wait it go down a bit. Yeah, wait for it to go down just that little bit. So yeah. while we do that, let's go through some, some of our um, maybe guru geek outs for the week. Sure. While we wait for the, the head to settle on our beers. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. I've mm. never had to wait for my head to settle, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. It's so, Bryce, I'm going to chuck it to you first, mate. Do you have any guru geek outs for this week? Not really. Not really. Nothing to be happy about. Nothing to be proud about. No, it is. It is sort of just been a week of like um, uh, work and stuff like that. And um, uh, I'm having another family snafu where you know grandparents have caused caused themselves some troubling and mm. sort of issues are going on. So I've sort of just been burying my head deep and just trying to get through the week, I suppose. Yeah. So nothing too exciting this week, unfortunately. Nothing too exciting. No, not this week. Yeah, I think I think for me it's just uh, I don't have like a particular one this week, but I'm just sort of happy. Like it's E3, it's really exciting. Uh, a lot of sort of news is starting to bubble up. Obviously, last week the whole thing about the Switch Pro never came to fruition. Maybe it will this week. Maybe it will the week after E3. Maybe it never will. Maybe that just Nintendo will never update their hardware ever again. Well, I mean, <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. It's all right. It was. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's a tough situation because if it doesn't happen this week, then I don't think it'll happen at all. In 2021 type of thing? Well, at least, oh, yeah, because I feel like it's sort of a case of we're at that uh, tipping point where it needs to be announced before things come. Otherwise, you don't sell the system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, too, because like with the with the 3DS, when they announced the XL, it was like literally the week after. And we all had the same conversation back then. Like, why wasn't this at E3? Yeah. Just, or why wasn't it before E3 where it yeah, it's just like a, the discussion? It's a weird timing for it. So maybe it will be announced later on, but the updates just aren't that important to not be able to show games that revolve around it. Mm. So yeah. Could yeah. be then too. Yeah, could be then too. Yeah. Anyway, we'd have to talk about Switch Pro until it comes out now. That's right. We yeah, talked about so. it enough. So let's, um, yeah. So yeah, E3, I'm keen for E3. That's my game. Yeah, yeah, keen. 
Keep oh. three. I think everybody is though. I think we all are. Let's get into it. So let's try this beer. Okay, it tastes, it tastes like kind of like flat beer with a bit of ice cream hint to it. Is that what you can taste? That's what I can taste after the first sip. I'll go for my second. I reckon. Mm. You can definitely taste the cookie dough. I can't taste much cookie dough. Give me a smell of it. Maybe it's being masked for you by like the fact that it's like a a dark. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't drink too much of it. It's not like my favorite. No. It's okay. It's like it's not like it's awful. not hor- no. It's not horrific, but like I'm not I'm not a huge dark beer person generally. So it's sort of like yeah, the taste is middling. Yeah, it, it, it's a bit too flat. There's not enough. A bubble to it, nitro. Yeah, yeah. Is that because we just shook the hell of it? <laughs> is like, no, 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 no. Are we meant to have done that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you, like you, you meant to, you meant to actually like, because otherwise, if you just pour it as it is, like if you just pour it like a regular beer, you you'll have nothing. Yeah, there's like nothing to it whatsoever. Right. Didn't shake it enough. Might have been my problem. It, it could have been. Yeah, mine's the same way. Like you can you can definitely see like the uh, the nitro. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not it's not technically carbonation if it's nitro, but like, yeah, yeah you can definitely see it. But it's so weird. Mm. Mm. It finally happened. We finally put it on the podcast. We finally now. had it. Yeah. If if you want to try it, it'll be in like your your local drive through, your yeah. local pub or something. If you're in the city, you're more likely to find it quite easily. But yeah, but um, don't know. I wouldn't rate it too high. If you're looking for a few drinks to have while you're watching Nintendo's press conference on a Wednesday morning. I wouldn't recommend it. Wouldn't recommend that one. No. Maybe something with a bit of caffeine around in Australia. I think you'll need. I think rather it's, than a beer. Yeah. <laughs> of the timing. I think it's. I think it's um, interesting just as its own little marvel, like mm. combining combining such flavors. But you know, sort of as we know in the in the current state of alcohol, craft is very much you know the, the thing at the moment. So as a, as a craft beer, I don't know how high I'd rate it. To be honest. Might have been a bit too ambitious. A bit too ambitious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like a lot of craft beer, you're, it's, it's either like very potent and you either like it or you don't like it. But this one sort of just, it doesn't it doesn't really rock me either way. It doesn't have an aftertaste. It doesn't. doesn't at all. No. Once you've drunk it and the taste has passed, like there's nothing. Which is good. Like that that's a positive thing about uh, uh, a beer in general. Like if you're not stuck with that like bittery... Bittery aftertaste that you don't don't typically want, mm. you know. Like at, at least it doesn't have that. But true, it's just, true, yeah. It's just strange. Yeah. Look, I'm going to drink this can, mate, and I'm going to enjoy it. Don't you get me wrong. I'm oh, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna top up a little bit here as well. Ooh. Activate all that nitro, mate. Oh, she's activated, mate. Actually, yeah. I'm not going to wait for it to settle. I'm just going to have a swig. Yep, you do that. <sighs> tastes the same. It's okay. <laughs> it tastes the yeah, same. I thought as much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all right. We finally tasted that beer. Tastes okay. You're more than welcome to go and try it yourself. We're yeah. not sponsored by Four Pines or anything like that. No, no, no. no. Obviously, because we said something bad about it. God forbid. God forbid. Yeah, yeah, he said, yeah. "Don't worry about it." They're not like this is a revolutionary, <laughs> and you'll never have to eat ice cream again if you can drink beer that tastes like ice cream. <laughs> this beer is so good. Uh, you got to buy it for your kids, even if they're underage. That's how good it is. You got to get on. You got to get them onto it. How they're many, missing out. How many standard drinks is it? One point five standard drinks for that. Mm, let's see if we can get through this uh, podcast, eh? I mean, that'll. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Ha- I'm. I'm. I'm really gonna have to wash that down afterwards. I think personally. 
So luckily I did bring a washdown drink. You brought a bloody UDL. What are you, bloody 12? Yes. You know what? They're getting rid... No, okay. Um, I don't know how, how, how much information I'm supposed to divulge, but um, um, they're actually discontinuing green apple. Oh, the UDL flavor. Yeah. That is... That That's is heartbreaking. Fucking, that is that is a shock when they have two fucking lime soda flavors. Mm, that's what eighteen year old Drew loved the green apple. The green apple's so good. I still drink the green apple on occasion to this day, and they're getting rid of it. Mm, obviously, it doesn't sell well enough. Uh, well, that's the confusing part. Is I know plenty of people that buy it. Yeah, oh. which is even which is even weirder. There's two six packs left at work. I'm very tempted to buy them. Hold them like a dog coin. Yeah, or something. I've actually got an old UDL. This was before I was. This is when I was probably twelve or something. I, obviously, it wasn't mine. Someone left it in our fridge. No one drank it. It's been there for ages, mm. and uh, it's like the old branding still. It's like an ancient UDL wow. just in the fridge. And Mum's like, "Is that yours?" I'm like, "No, no, that's like they weren't branded like that when I was eighteen. You know, no. this was that was when I was like twelve. I think someone must have brought them over and just left them. And yeah, <laughs> so anyway, ancient. Ancient UDL. Wow. So, Bryce, let's move on. I just want to touch on this just before we get into things. So, on uh, I noticed on Chartable, we actually charted throughout the week. And uh, on the Australian charts, we usually go quite well. We're up and down depending on when we're posting episode. But this week, we stayed up there all week in three Australian charts. So, uh, at the moment, we're at number 42 on the Australian Video Games of All Time Apple Podcast Charts. Uh, we're at number 47 on the standard video game Apple podcast charts in Australia. And uh, we're also 248 on the leisure podcast. So leisure is basically the overarching arching category for video games. So that includes anything from video games, board games, to gardening, to anything you do for leisure, any ca- category under that. Cool. So that's actually really impressive that we're there. Yeah. And we've got Malaysia as well, number 145 in Malaysia for leisure as well. So Damn. not too bad. So I'm just saying that, guys, you're... Uh, reviews you guys are leaving are helping us uh, keeping those charts. Mm. So I just want to put it out there, Australians, thank you very much for keeping us there, our home country. But I know have, we have a lot of US listeners too. So if you guys w- are able to leave us an Apple podcast review, we'll definitely appreciate it. Help us get in those uh, US ones, which I know are a lot harder. There's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more uh, competition in that field, but it will definitely help us out and maybe help us find some new listeners. I don't know how many people check the charts to find a new podcast to listen to. I've got no idea. But anyway, it might help us out. It might. It, it might, might indeed. It might, yeah. So yeah. let's jump into the Nintendo chatter, Bryce. So this week, Nintendo actually came out and finally announced their plans for E3. So uh, Nintendo Direct, it's being, it's being hosted on the 6th of... No, sorry, the 15th of June, mm-hmm. 9 p.m. PT time. So that translates to... 1.30 South Australian time, uh, 2 p.m. Um, uh, was it uh, East Coast time in Australia? So nice and early for us. Be very, very, um, you know, it's, it's standard. I saw a lot of people on the uh, Nintendo Australia Twitter post were saying, what the hell? This is crap for Australians. This is bullshit. I'm not getting up at 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the morning. That's bullshit. This is pretty standard practice. It's like, well, guys. it's every single year. If you, if you, you know, if you're not yeah. paying attention to this type of thing, that's fine. But also, just keep in mind that the rest of the world, the biggest uh, markets in the world, is Europe and the US, and that's very nice time for the, both of those, uh, both of those countries. So anyway, you get that. 
Don't you? Yep. And it's a tra- tradition at this point. We uh, we stay up nice and late for the directs or the conferences. I'm taking the night off, man. I've I've taken I've taken the day uh, yeah. the day off afterward. Mm. I'll be taking Wednesday off too. I'll be mm-hmm. recording plenty of content that night and yeah, getting some sleep during the day. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah more than likely. Because like one one thirty at in the morning is it's neither enough time to get sleep or like to go to bed. Is it like you can't go to bed and wake <laughs> up at one thirty? No. Like, what time are you going to... Yeah, it's not, it's not going to work for us. I mean, I'm more, I'm more than likely going to be up anyway. Like, when, Wednesday night is my freest night to do... Oh, that and Tuesday night. It's my freest night to do anything, um, especially past 10 p.m. So, I usually get a fair bit done during that time. Mm-hmm. So, it is it is really just the epitome time for, for them to have a direct for me. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, it's great for me too, because if we lived in America and they held it at 9 o'clock in the morning... You would not be attending. <laughs> that's work time. You're yeah. at, the Americans are at work. Do you reckon everyone's just like, all right, that's just wake up and I'll just watch it? No, yeah. a lot of people are at work or they have to take time off of work. Whereas in Australia, at least we can just go, oh, well, I'll stay up a bit later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'll either take the morning off or whatever whatever have you. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a bit easier. So yeah. I, I personally appreciate it. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. Uh, well, uh, more than likely be on Discord with you during or after or both or whatever. Yeah, make it both. Keep me company. I'm so alone. <laughs> be good. It'll be good. I'll just watch it with Chantel. She's like, why do you give a shit about a new Kirby? I'm like, babe, it's Kirby. We just talked about how he's a giant glute. Oh, Kirby. This is the best character. I, I want like a Kirby game. You know how it went from a Kirby epic yarn, nice and colourful, just yarn fabric. I want just like, <laughs> I want it in a different aesthetic. I just want it meat. Meat. <laughs> meat. Kirby's <laughs> sultry meat. Because you know how like PE, you see like all like the diagrams of the muscles and the arms and like oh, all the God, tendons and no. that. <laughs> I want Kirby looking like that uh, not while in I'm, a game. Not while I'm drinking this, please. Oh, <laughs> I know someone out there like me has a very vivid imagination. I said, like, oh, Jesus Christ. I have that vivid imagination. Mm. I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I've, I've had multiple podcasts almost make me dry reach. Just <laughs> through discussing things. I'm like, oh, that's gross, boys. You better stop talking about that yeah. right now. The Wario fan fiction episode. Oh, yeah, there was that too. That's great. <laughs> mm. Like I said, I, I'm really happy we have one anomaly out there, which is just like, what the fuck? Just yeah. like, what the hell? That's the point of it too. Yeah. It just makes us look very family friendly compared to the rest of uh, to that episode. I just think I just think uh, some of the shit in there is our humor, and that's, that's sort of the point of it, those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, did it once or twice to get it out the system and <laughs> never again. Uh, that's disgusting. That's the point. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, bro, so let's move into sort of the, the main theme of the episode. So we're going to go through each Nintendo studio and discuss like when we might expect to see a game from them, whether we see a game announcement from them next week, maybe a bit of a follow-up to an announcement that's already happened, such as Breath of the Wild mm. uh, 2, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, we'll go through it like that and um, see what's going on. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Sounds good. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Sounds good. How good? Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. I'll, very, I'll take that. Very nice. So the first one is the biggest Nintendo studio, which has multiple teams within it, is Nintendo Entertainment Planning and Development, which is Nintendo EPD, which is which is the I guess the, the team or the studio behind Mario, Zelda, all of the big Nintendo franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Splatoon. 
Um, and it used to be a lot easier to follow. They used to be broken up into four um, groups, basically. Different squads, yeah. Yeah, so they used to like basically one covered Mario, one covered Zelda and that. But now it's just like multiple teams with, within there. And really from the outside, we don't know who's doing what. Like we know like certain developers or uh, uh, directors have like their own teams, like Anuma with Zelda and et cetera, et cetera. But we really don't know much more than that. Like with a Sony, it's so it's so easy to follow their studios because they all have names. They all have like like their presidents and that. Zip zombie bop. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like pretty easy to follow. But when it's like internal Nintendo, it gets a bit harder until you actually get out of Japan and you follow stuff like Next Level Games and Retro Studios, and you can put some names to faces and yeah, that's right. Yeah. Games to studios, but. When it's actually a Nintendo themselves, it's a little bit harder. So we can't nail down exactly like this was their last game. So, you know, two years on or so. And this is when we might might be getting an announcement. Mm-hmm. So we'll go through a lot of the big Nintendo franchises in this portion of the episode. So the very the very top, Bryce, the, the tip of everyone's tongue, Breath of the Wild sequel. Will we be seeing a follow-up at E3 2022? What do you think? So the last time we heard about this game was back in 2019. We got the announcement trailer, bit of a teaser. Uh, we got no sort of inkling on when we're going to be seeing this game in the future. No date, no year given. Um, so what are you thinking? How confident are you that we might be seeing a follow-up on this game? Whether it announces anything or it just shows a bit more of the potential story, what do you think? Well, first off, I think you mean 21, not 22. I don't know why you said it through 2022. I don't know, bro. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes uh, shit comes in my mouth, which yeah. I don't mean the same. But yeah. thank you for pulling me up on that. <laughs> yeah, we need to start pulling up and uh, each other up on on things more. We keep getting things wrong. Um, yeah, well, the the other day you said, yeah, I know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'd have to tell you. I know. I read it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'll sit right here next to you. I'm like, oh fucking, that sounds weird, but all right. <laughs> yeah, but you agreed. Yeah. So yeah, I I must have fucked it up. Oh, yeah. we've got to tell people now. They're not going to know what we're on about. So we we're talking about when. A Pokemon Go community day was happening. Mm, yeah. It always happens on a Sunday. I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's a Sunday. Bryce looked it up. It was a Tuesday. Bryce was looking at the wrong month. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong month. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, I should have pulled him up on that too. Oh, well, it happens. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, Zelda, uh, it would have to be here, surely. Yeah. I don't I don't think, um, like, for them to tease that, how long has it been? Two years? Yep, 2019. Yeah, so... You know, they already have all the assets there for for what it's worth. This this sequel was never going to be that far away. It it's got to be here. Mm. Um, we'll definitely see something about it at E three at the bare minimum. Um, I think it's an eighty percent chance we'll have a release date by the end of the year. Um, it it, it is in sort of that that rough that rough time frame where it's like at at, at least at this point in time we don't know much more past E three this year. No, you know. No. Apart from um, Skyward Sword in July, Mario Golf. Uh, we know no more heroes in August, mm-hmm. which is a second party game at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we really don't know, especially like big hitters where it's like it is going yeah. to like really push Switch hardware. Well, that that's the other thing as well. Is if we do hear anything about a Switch Pro, and I don't want to go on about that too much because we have no fucking idea if anything is actually going to happen. No, we do. We're insiders. We know exactly what's going on. Oh, okay, we know yeah. as much as Laura K. Dale, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, um, so Jack shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Emily Rogers, who who was the one that said it was going to be today. 
I mean, I can't count how many times we've talked about them too and being leakers and them getting information wrong. And that last week was the epitome of like, I told you not to believe them. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, but if something does happen, it does get announced or whatever the hardware gets announced, that is 100% the premier game that it's going to be backed by. Um, you know, uh, Bayonetta 3's, God knows where that is. Um, Metroid Prime 4, you know, we know that's not eight. We're not know that's not for ages away. We haven't had a single uh, smidgen of information about a new Mario game that's going to test these limits or um, anything like that. <laughs> if if you want to advertise a console that's got power, you need something that's going to drive that home. And the only thing that's going to do that is something on the size and scale of Breath of the Wild, which is exactly why Breath of the Wild was the game at launch for the Switch was to show just how much power this thing can actually have um, and how much it can actually handle. And it did it well. Um, I don't think anybody can dispute that or contest it or, mm. you know, what have you. So we're, we're sort of at this break point where, like, not only is it, you know, a, a follow-up game that uh, already had a lot of the assets made for it, because it's come from the first game, it's like it's like Majora's like the Majora's Mask, I guess follow up pretty much. Yeah, based so in the same universe. That's right, and they've mm. got like all the assets already made. They're basically just tweaking and making sure that like there is new stuff and that they've got a storyboard going, all that stuff. I think they've already well and past done that. Mm-hmm. This sequel has been in development since the first one had released. It's 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 coming. It's coming. Um, and if it's if it's not this year, Jesus, I'll have to eat a pair of socks. Um, yeah, I think that's all I'm really going to say about it. <laughs> eat a pair of socks. Well, it, <laughs> I mean, what do you... Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree with you because, like, um, I know, like, Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn back in 2017, they got compared really heavily together. Yeah. And we saw uh, last week that the uh, the sequel to Zero Dawn... Forbidden West. Forbidden West is, has been announced and it, it is... Possibly coming this year, if not early 2022. Mm. And it looks good. Yeah, it looks great. And I, I sort of assume that Zelda will be on a similar sort of timeline to what Gorilla's doing with Horizon. And whether, you know, coronavirus affected them more in Japan than it did in them in Europe, not quite sure. Obviously, it affects uh, Japanese developers a lot because of how their sort of uh, workflow is affected. Yeah. Um, so it, it might possibly be pushed because of the events in 2020 to 2022. But um, I think uh, what the more surprising thing will be, if it is announced or it is shown at E3 and there's no sign of Switch Pro, I think that'll be a sort of a sign for the Switch Pro. If it's not shown at all, I think they still could potentially be holding it for another sort of pop with a hardware announcement and that too. Yeah. Not quite sure, but um, it will say something whether it is there or it is not there, depending on what we know apart from other hardware. I don't think there's any question, to be honest. Like, regardless re- regardless of that fact, I think, you know, it, it's been four years. They, they already had, like, a lot of old concepts drawn up and they're actually in, like, the... Uh, no, it wasn't Hyrule Historia. It was the Breath of the Wild version, wasn't it? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, the Breath of the Wild sort of concept art yeah, the, um, the, yeah. book by Dark Horse. A, a lot of those like concept arts and stuff like that are things that they wanted to accomplish in-game. Mm. Um, but 
the game started to sort of get too embellished, but they really still like those ideas, so they wanted to implement them. Which, you know, if they've already if they already went that far, they already pretty much knew what they're doing, and that means that a game that has essentially already had most of the work done for it has been in development for the last four years. There's no fucking way. Like, I, I would have guessed that it actually probably would have been released more around the time of the anniversary. Mm. And that Skyward Sword is kind of just a filler because they realized, well, well, shit, the Corona's made us had, we, we need at least another six months. Yeah, yep. That's so right. we'll put Skyward Sword out as a filler and as like a, hey, look, here's a Zelda game for your anniversary. And then this will come later on in the year. I don't, I don't think that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, come E3... Like from, uh, say, middle of June, I believe that it will be within the next 12 months. Yep, I agree on that. Um, but uh, I'm going to say about 75% the next, uh, in the next six months after June and then the 25% the next 12. Yep. Yeah, there's got to be a big holiday game and I think that'll be it. Hmm. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Looking forward to actually seeing it again. Uh, yeah. I, oh, God. I really want to play that game so bad. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. So another game we do know about, it got announced at the start of this year, Splatoon 3. Mm-hmm. That got announced at the start of the year. I think we definitely will see this game again. We got a, a bit of a tease. They just sort of threw some footage together and had it as a one more thing at their um, start of the year direct. Yes. We saw some like different changes like, you know, you can choose where you spawn now. You can sort of aim your reticle and you shoot down instead of all starting in the one place and I'm sure like a lot of Splatoon fans who are really in depth into the competitive stuff have really dug that apart but mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to that seeing more I really hope they improve like the online more modes more sort of being able to choose the modes you play be able to choose uh, you know the <laughs> the stages be able to yeah just so many things I hope you can they change in the game yeah make it make it more akin to an actual um, competitive shooter game that they have these days yeah Mm. So yeah, I think we'll definitely see that. It's the last E three until it gets released at the start of next year. Next, yeah, next year will next year will be that game surely. Mm. Mm. So th- there was the rumor uh, at the oh, a few oh, a month or so ago now for the new Donkey Kong game coming from EPD as well. Uh, do you think this will be a factor, or do you think we'll get a a look at another new Mario game, or what do you think from the sort of the Mario team side of things? Well, there was there was a little thing floating around um, earlier on this year that uh, the anniversary for Mario hadn't actually like fully concluded, which I which I could believe because like Mario's anniversary fell right in the middle of coronavirus, yeah, which made things difficult, you know. Um, so I have I have every reason to believe that you know there could be another like big Mario game, whether that's you know, a 3D Mario or 2D Mario or whatever slicing you want to put on the cake there. You know, just buttercream. Oh, please put some buttercream on it. <laughs> um, I think uh, it's it's plausible to see something from them. Um, Donkey Kong's anniversary. I hate to say it about Donkey Kong and a Metroid this year, uh, because it. But but the, the harsh truth is is that has Nintendo ever really cared about those two in terms of anniversary? Which makes makes things a little bit hard. Uh, Donkey Kong, they have. I don't think Metroid. Metroid doesn't. Metroid very much doesn't produce the dough enough for them to put. Which is a shame. Because like the, the, this, this is the truth, right? So their marketing team has enough bandwidth to really push certain things. 
Mm. It's going to be Zelda before any of them, <clears throat> and rightfully so. The yeah. fan base wants it. We want it. You know, it's just Zelda's it's, important. It's, it's what's going to happen. It's Zelda's going to be pushed. Very important, yeah. Especially with a game like a Breath of the Wild sequel coming in the next twelve months as well. So that's going to be pushed. Uh, hard and then then it's gonna be Donkey Kong because Donkey Kong is very important to Nintendo. He's one of the most classic characters of all time. Um, not as important as Mario these days, but obviously Mario came from the Donkey Kong series. So I think they'll push Donkey Kong, and it's a 40th as well. So mm, yeah, but but then Metroid, like I I just just I don't think they'll be pushing a Metroid, especially without a a big game. Obviously, Prime Four isn't coming this year, but there are rumors of a a two D Metroid. Wh- whoever's making that, I just I just want you to think over the last like decade of Nintendo, mm. and then think of like all the anniversaries that just about you know for Mario and Zelda, for example, the products that have had their labels stuck on them, like Zelda's anniversary. Like you know, you've got Skyward, even Skyward Sword on the box of that, the original Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah, anniversary game and like all this stuff. Um. When can we ever say that's ever been done for Donkey Kong? Um, Donkey Kong had, I think it was, must have been the 30th. Or it was like, it was when the Wii was a thing. They had a, a special edition Wii where they had the uh, original arcade game of Donkey Kong included, but it had like two extra levels from the arcade for the first time like on a home console. So that's what they did for Donkey Kong. I can't. Yeah, tra- where was that available? When it was available. Where was that available? Oh, just like... Retailers? I, I don't think you could get it here, could you? Yeah, you could. I, I saw it when I was. It's, it's the type of thing now. Like I might have bought, but when I was a kid, I'm not buying a second Wii. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's what I remember for Donkey Kong. I could. It could have been included with like. They could have said something with Tropical Freeze or Returns yeah. or something. I can't remember that. But I don't. I don't remember. But that that is the that. um that is the one thing I remember for a Donkey Kong anniversary. As for Metroid, nothing. <laughs> it's it's a, it's it's a massive shame because like I ho- look I hope Metroid Prime um four does extremely well one because Samus Samus deserves it Samus has been a part of their lineup for so long now mm. that it it deserves the attention that it gets um well she gets she yeah. deserves the attention because like as far as like the Nintendo fan base when people think of like Nintendo franchises excluding Pokemon. Uh, it's it's Mario, Mario Zelda, Metroid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it fucking spawned a whole genre to itself that uh, alongside Castlevania called a Metroidvania. Mm. Like there's there's a whole literal genre name out there for Metroid. It, it it is a huge, you know, it is a huge huge thing. Um, whereas like you don't call anything like a fucking Zelda fable or a fucking Mario. <laughs> super lucky tale or some bullshit. Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, Mario defined platformers and Zelda defined action adventure games. Absolutely. But they don't have they don't have something that's specifically like this is this is so incredibly unique in this space that we have to fucking put a name attached to it. Metroidvania has that. You know? Yeah, like yeah. that that that's what brings Castlevania. <laughs> so it's like the one genre which um Casual people are just like, what the hell are you on about? Yeah, what but the fuck all, is a Metroidvania? But all the hardcore people are like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's exactly right. I know if, I know exactly what a fucking Metroidvania is. It literally defined it in its own name a genre. So it is it is kind of baffling that maybe they didn't put more effort or time into like producing something out of Metroid that could have been huge. I mean, um, shit, we've talked about Metroid multiplayer for so long. Like, and how Hunters was, like, 
awesome and like the multiplier and that was really cool and stuff like that mm. imagine having a metroid game that had a multiplayer on the scale of something like halo how how well like if it was that well executed how well it would be received it would be huge for Nintendo. They yeah. don't have like a first person shooter that's ever been like that. Yeah. I mean, they got motivation for it now because they're trying to sell subscriptions to us and uh, we're all sort of just like, this is crap, but um, it's cheap. So, <laughs> But if they want to like push up the price or anything like that, um, I think a Metroid will be quite good for that. I don't even think they, you know, <laughs> they deserve that much. I think they should just pay their series respect and, you know. <laughs> Pay your goddamn respects, boys. That's exactly right. Metroid Metroid is a hell of a series and it's got like a lot of nice, you know, background lore in it and everything. A lot of the game is lore discovery. Um, so the more you know about Metroid is through playing the games and sort of collecting that lore and whatever. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go back and play the first Metroid to get the full story. You don't have to do that. You can start at any Metroid and not have a mm. problem. It, it's made that way just like it is, just like Zelda's made that way or Mario's made that way. Um, so having a competitive type first-person shooter that's Metroid-based on, on, on the system would probably do extremely well. Yeah. And I think anybody would have said that about the GameCube or the Wii or <laughs> whatever, Wii U. Wii U could have benefited from it. Could have been good. Could have been. So, like, sort of, we'll go back to sort of the the rumors around Metroid. Whether this is true, like, obviously, we're not getting Prime Four. That's not going to be happening. But we'll talk a bit about that when we get to Retro Studios. Uh, with a two D Metroid, probably won't be coming from Nintendo internally, but they might be um, going to maybe a second party developer. They'll hire someone in to get it made, similar to what they did with uh, Mercury Steam on the three DS with a uh, Metroid Returns. Um, can you see like a, a 2D Metroid game being announced this year? Nah. Nah? You know what? Like, I know that we had that whole... Uh, it's kind of a coin flip at this point. It's like, I, they could or they couldn't. I know that we had we had that whole uh, debacle of the guy being like, I don't think I see, you know, Metroid Prime Trilogy and everybody cutting sick on him. Like, <laughs> I know we had that whole debacle, but like, yeah. I, I think it's more than a possibility that it'll come. The, mm. the problem is, is like when they when they did the original trilogy on the Wii, um, they they made it a limited release, and I know that it's yes. on Wii U, but n- not enough people own the Wii U, so that collection isn't really out there, and it's not as success uh, like as accessible as like it could have actually been at some point in time. So there's absolutely really no reason at all, even if it was just to release each of the primes individually over time and just be like. All right, here's the first Prime. You know, we'll give you a couple of months to play that, three months to play that. You know, that would be a fucking amazing, like, amazing way to gauge interest in Metroid on the lead up without, like, pushing it all on people in one bang. It would be like, on the lead up to Metroid Prime 4, here's every Metroid Prime. You can buy it for, you know, $25, $30 a game and just eventually buy the push out, digital only, even if it has to be. And then eventually, like, you get to the climax and you're like, cool, Metro Prime 4, that's out in the next, you know, six months and stuff like that. In like, as as it's sort of gone up the ladder, we've had one every six months up until now. And then it's just, bam, there you go. I think that'd be perfect, personally. I would too. Mm. It's just like, the problem is this year, we're already getting so many ports. Like, I'd be pretty happy to get the Metro Prime trilogy ported. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's just another port this year. It's one I want. 
But at the same time, it's like, oh, just I, I'm I'm really craving original content. That, that's what I mean by three. that's what I mean by slow release, though, because at least then you know you don't feel obligated to, mm. you know, invest it all at once. You can sort of just go have a bit of spare cash this week, or can put twenty five, thirty dollars down, get Metroid Prime One, cool, done. Whereas like you know, I understand like with ports and stuff like that, we're paying eighty dollars, ninety dollars, sometimes one hundred dollars, depending on the developer. You know, it doesn't have to be that. Mm. I think they could just do that and sort of just slowly push that out for one Mat- Metroid's anniversary, and two because the trilogy the trilogy needs to be accessible if they're going to release a literal sequel to three. Instead of being stuck on the fucking Wii and Wii U, two th- two platforms, one well one's one's well dead, and the only copy of it was limited release, and two the console that is literally quite literally dead. And uh, you dead, boys. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've 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 got them on I've got them on my Wii U, and I'm actually going to go back and play through them slowly. Mm. But yeah, there's there's a there's a line, guys. Like if you put it out on Switch, I won't bother with it on Wii U. I'll just play it on the Switch. I'll buy it on the Switch. And yeah, it Switch. and he'll actually pay money for it too. And that's, that's, <laughs> always, that's always a benefit, isn't it? Because it's too fucking hard to find it. You can't find it. It's ridiculously hard to find. It is, know? yeah. It's very expensive. It's a limited run physical edition on the Wii, which didn't have a <laughs> digital edition. No. So, yeah. It's, it's too fucking hard to find. And I mean, there's the same argument with Pokemon Gen 5. There's no digital release, so everybody wants you to pay out the ass because they scout mm. for it well that's the thing at the moment with the switch nintendo doesn't seem to be utilizing their digital library oh. like they've got you know nes games snes games but they just don't have uh, anything else no no but anyway guys <laughs> we're throwing money at you <laughs> jesus yeah um so i guess uh i guess back to the mario and donkey kong thing uh mm-hmm. do you think we'll be seeing a, a donkey kong game is yeah. that is that something you can see as a tangible rumor, or is that just? Something- I think I think it's a tangible enough rumor because there's enough been enough information about it. But if you were to say, hey, it, like without without that stuff, if you were here to say, like, hey, do you think there'll be the next big Donkey Kong title? I'd be like, no, nah, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it really matters to be honest. Yeah, like, I do, I don't know if there'd be, well, no, nah, there wouldn't be another Country Returns. There's no way in hell, um, if. Donkey Kong is being made by the Odyssey team. That'd be quite surprising. But if it happens, it happens. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's hard for Donkey Kong. They'll, yeah. probably, they'll probably have theme products like they did with Mario. There's no questionable doubt. They'll make like a... Here's, here's the Donkey Kong Game & Watch. You can buy it. Yeah. And like I said on like the episode where we actually talked about that rumor, mm. I think it could very well be be the case. And it'll be interesting to see if it's like a a Mario game with like Donkey Kong as the main character, not necessarily just like a, a Donkey Kong country type of type like game, but it'd be interesting to see anyway. I'll be quite happy to see that if that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got here? So we've got um WarioWare and there was some sort yeah. of, uh, there was some surveys Nintendo put out during the last week, basically asking people, how much would you pay for a brand new WarioWare game? And people were getting like, Getting different prices. So some people ask, like, would you pay $60 American? Would you pay $40, $30 American? And so they're basically getting some data out there saying, how much would you actually buy this title for? And uh, whether that means, like, all right, we're thinking about making it. How much should we put into development and how much should we ask for it? Or mm-hmm. we've got this. The marketing team is now deciding how much to charge for it. So personally, Bryce and I have been saying for... Years 
four years at this point. We want a WarioWare game a on prop, Switch. A proper WarioWare. Too. We are such big fans of WarioWare Smooth Moves. Uh, just love sort of the how they used the Wiimote. It was so much fun. Great party game and just a great high, high school game in general. We played it at your Bucks night. We played it at my Bucks night, yeah. We did. Yeah, and that's the first time I played it for years. And for years. We played it for two and a half hours or something like that, yeah. And every now and again when the sensor bar doesn't pick up, you're like, oh, this is hilarious. Yeah, it's great. You're trying to wind up some cheese grater or some shit and it's just like, <laughs> it's not working. I'm going to lose a life. This is bull crap. <laughs> but that, so good, though. Yeah, but I, I, I hope this is a thing. When I saw this news, yeah. that at very least they're just like, Okay, we're thinking about it. This is uh, something on our mind. So Nintendo, I'll pay full price. I don't care. Yep, here's I didn't get the survey, Nintendo. I didn't either. I will give you I will give you a full a full price money's worth mm. for a new WarioWare. Back in two thousand and seven, I paid eighty dollars for WarioWare Smooth Moves. You'll gladly pay that again. So at the time that was kind of a budget title because they were hundred dollar games. Mm. So I'd happily pay seventy dollars. I'd happily pay eighty. I would pay 80. I would happily pay 70. <laughs> hey, I'm not giving you too much lee room there, <laughs> Nintendo, do you cheeky bastards. I see you looking at me, friggin' Farakawa. You're trying to line your pockets with Drewy's money? I don't think so. And Drew's, Drew's very rich. He, he's, like, he's like he's like Scrooge McDuck. He's got the whole vault with it. Yeah, then he like dives in, dives in and he's like, ah, oh, yes, look at me swimming in all my Trust money. Trust me, if I dive into my money, I'm breaking my neck. That thing is not very deep. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with Nintendo out there charging me uh, $80, mm -hmm. full price. Mm -hmm. And it's better than like, you sound like the pre-orders for like uh, Ratchet and Clank. Oh, yeah, no. $125, just shoot me in the face now. I mean, Jesus. I'm going to have to because they're charging that. Oh, anyway, um. Yeah, but no, that that aside, yes, please. WarioWare Gold was great and it was good. Um just on the three D S. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was mm. it was good to sort of come back to that and be like, Ah, yes, WarioWare, I miss you so much. But like, seriously, a new WarioWare title with new mini games you could you could make it a sequel to Smooth Moves. Smooth Moves sequel would be awesome. Like, I would not have a problem with that whatsoever. No, I love that. That'll be uh like a arms in the air. Fuck yes announcement for the House of Mario, I feel like. How, how many times do you reckon that... Uh, sorry, how much time, rather, do you reckon <laughs> that we've spent on smooth moves? Like hours in the game? Yes. Probably, Probably a fair few. Probably... I'd say about 60 to 80 each. Yeah, look, I played that a lot. I played it a shit ton. Like the first year of the Wii, that's when the Wii was exciting and the motion controls were like, you know, the revolutionary type of bullshit Nintendo was spouting at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a fun game. It was just... Is our sense of humor like it's just like really dumb and childish? Going for high scores is just fun, man. And high school, like it's just an addictive nature as well, especially not not nine volts uh, stages. Just having like uh, uh, references to other Nintendo games was just cool to see. Yeah, like even like the Wind Waker one, just like simple as just just uh, on a sailcloth, just going to an island lands. So that was so cool to see. Yeah, yeah, especially with a uh, uh, Wind Waker on the on the Wii at the time. Just like, oh, port it to the Wii so I can waggle it. That'd be great. <laughs> waggle, 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 waggle. <laughs> Waggling away. But yeah, no, um, 100% ready for it, Nintendo. Just give it to us. Uh, if I, I don't think it will be at E3 this year, but please, please just, yeah, do it. Do it. Smooth Moose 2. Call it Joyful Joust or something. I don't know. <laughs> the Joy-Cons. Joyful Joust. Joyful Joust. Call it what you want. We'll buy it. 
And like, honestly, I will buy it for full price. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying, not trying to give them not too much leeway. All right, so another franchise, uh, it's one. Of, it's their biggest franchise uh, that they have. It's Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll be seeing a Mario Kart? <clears throat> Obviously, the Switch doesn't have its own unique original Mario Kart. It had yeah. a port from the Wii U, which came all the way back from 2014, and we're still playing it in 2021. Do you think we'll get another one this year? And it, Look, we're due for a Mario Kart. We're due. We're due for a Mario Kart. Nintendo's like a pregnant woman. We're but due. I, oh my God. Ready to sp- spout one out in June. She's due. But listen, my, my question is not not the fact that we are due for a Mario Kart. Like that, yes, of course we are. It's been way too long. Um, my my thing is not that. It's more or less. Do we really need it? Yeah. Well, th- th- Mario Kart Eight's really good. Yeah. Well, there's two different answers, I guess. I guess uh, does Nintendo need it? Not just not just now. I think they're still selling switches with Mario Kart they, 8 Deluxe. We've already got... Uh, I know that it's not a traditional Mario Kart title, but we just saw a Mario Kart release last year. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> it's, it's not... It's, no, yeah, but it's not a traditional... I know. I understand it's not traditional, but it is a Mario Kart release. Yeah. Mario and Kart home circuit, yeah. It's obvious that if, if they were releasing that over like a proper Mario Kart, that they were like, yeah, we're pretty much confident in Deluxe anyway. It's already selling like... Well, it has sold like an absolute friggin... Volcano eruption. I don't know. Yeah. Hotcakes? Hotcakes. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. That's the analogy you're after? Yeah, look, okay, my brain doesn't work, all right? Sold well. Yeah, it sold it sold extremely well. <laughs> yep. One of the best selling titles in history. But like, you know, it it is it is sort of what it is. It's like I don't think you could put a Mario Kart out again on this console and see the same numbers. Mm. I don't think I don't think that's possible. I think they'd better be better off res- reserving it for a launch title for their next system, to be honest. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I would actually really. I'm getting to the point now where I would like to see another Mario Kart. I've been I've been saying that you know Mario Kart Eight. It's it's great. It's fine. Um, it's what we need. Really, it's what Nintendo needs. But personally, I would like to see another Mario Kart. It's been seven years of playing Mario Kart Eight, and I would like to see new tracks, new mechanics, new battle mode, new online features. Just you know, just upgraded, better. Yeah, but you uh, s- you say that, and then it, and, and then it turns out something like Mario Kart Seven. At which point, what the fuck is the point? Yeah, but the thing with Mario Kart 7, that was rushed out because the 3DS was, it needed Mario Kart to succeed. Whereas with the Switch, they, they can take their time. They can release it whenever they like, whether it is now or in the future. Yeah, but like, you know, announce, and that, that, that's what I mean though, is like you've Mario Kart 8, as much as it's a port, it's also an extremely polished title that only got more added onto it as time went on. It didn't sell amazingly on the Wii U because the Wii U didn't sell amazingly. And now because it's on the Switch, it's sold a hell of a lot. You've still got a shit ton of people playing that game, right? To this day, and I don't I don't think that'll change, right? Releasing a new Mario Kart, we've got we've just gotten all this content. We've got heaps of it, like so many races, so many whatever, et cetera, et cetera. For them to match up to that same level of content in terms of quality and like control, I don't think it's going to happen in this generation. Yeah, because that, that game is already like a, a, a very pretty Mario Kart game with plenty of content. Releasing anything that's going to be like, it might be a tiny bit prettier, but very much doubt it. And then with less content to it, as a party game, 
I don't think it'll do as well. Yeah. They might as well just reserve it for the next console release. Yeah. Which, by that, I mean, you know, whatever comes after the Switch in general. It, yeah. It, it might come down to, like, what their idea is for a, a, a new revised model. So they might even might be a launch title for that if Zelda's not ready or whatever. Who knows? Who knows? But <coughs> I, I'm, I'm not expecting it this year. Definitely no, not. absolutely not. I, I don't think so. But if it does pop up, I'll be like, cool. I'll put my fingers crossed for no time on battle mode and have like a, a really open, robust battle mode where it isn't timed and it isn't uh, made bullshit. How about we just go back to Block block Fort in, in Mario Kart 64, <laughs> you know? Because I was thinking the other day, the thing what really like what ru- really ruined battle mode was the just the inclusion of it always being timed because online they don't want your games taking forever. And what, what was so fun about Block Fort is it was big as robust, but what the f- most fun was was coming down to the final two players and hunting each other down. Mm-hmm. And what does that sort of remind you of now? It reminds you of like the thrill of like the final three, two people in a battle royale. That is what people dig. That is the adrenaline, what people just want to go back for one more to try and get a better place. Mm. And while it was only four players in, Super, uh, in, in Mario Kart 64... That is the sort of same evoked feeling of what was in a in a battle royale now. Yeah. So I feel like they need to really th- rethink about what they're doing with their battle mode. Oh, because their battle mode's trash right now. Yeah. Like it's it's good, but it's just got that time. Like you're just like, oh, I've got to get one more point or whatever. But it's just not the same feeling of I've got to survive. Yeah. Well, that that's the problem. Is like you know you can steal balloons in the in in the current one. You can just you know. You never really die. You're always constantly going. It is it is literal tooth and nail fight to the death. You've got three balloons. That's it. Deal with it. Yeah. That was that was what was so good about Mario Kart 64s. Yeah. Is and I, I loved how it's like. Well, you lost, but you can you're still a bomb and you can fuck other people you up. You can still. still fucking drive into people and blow them up. Exactly. Yeah. Like you still had a purpose even if you did lose. Mm. So, what? What's what's the problem? What was the problem with it, Nintendo? What was the problem with Mario Kart 64's battle mode that you had to change it completely? Honestly, mm. it was so good. I can't I can't tell you how many friggin' hours I had sat there with people on the couch. Because yeah. I I know it sounds dumb, but like for ex- for example, like Fortnite, there's no timer ticking in the corner. But with that sort of the the ring, the yeah. ring sort of closing in, that acts as a timer. So that means people yeah. can't just sit there and be like, "I'm going to sit here for an hour and never let this game finish." It has something like pulling the game together, and whether it brings sixty people into a small area or just the final two, it's going to finish within a timely fashion. I feel like Nintendo needs to adopt something like that for a battle mode in the next Mario Kart. I know it sounds dumb to be like, "Oh, battle royale, battle royale, battle mode Mario Kart." But really, that is what it needs. That's what it actually needs. Like, you can say this. You can say maybe a battle royale for like other Nintendo franchises. Splatoon comes to mind, for example. But Mario Kart really needs it. I think it really needs it. But anyway, yeah. um, don't get your hopes up for Mario Kart Nine. Don't get. Don't no. please, please don't. No, I don't think it will happen. Maybe, maybe next year. Who knows? Who knows? Twenty twenty two is uh, too far away. Yeah. All right. So while we're just uh, wrapping up the, the first studio, Bryce, um, Pikmin Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think we'll see Miyamoto's uh, much talked about, but nothing shown Pikmin 4? <laughs> this is another franchise where it's just like, well, Miyamoto, he's, he's made us a lot of money. He's made some cool stuff, but um, so we're just going to let him make this. That's about it. And uh, of course, uh, friend of the show, Paul James, 
he wants Pikmin 4 more than he wants his child to grow up nice and healthy. So, <laughs> Wow. Paul, you've been called out. No, no, no. no. Love Paul. He's, <laughs> he's a good man. So, Pikmin 4. I'm going to say I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. No. Uh, don't think it'll happen. It's one of those things that coasts and then eventually comes out of nowhere like, hey, Pikmin 4. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be like a huge talking point here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Pikmin. Very sorry. That's all I've really got to say about Pikmin. Yeah. All right. So we've covered most of the big hitters from um, uh, APD. Uh, we've obviously got Star Fox, Arms, uh, maybe a 2D Mario type of thing, but I don't uh, suspect any of those at this year. So we don't have to worry about that just now. All right, Bryce. So next up is uh, How Laboratory. Oh, boy. So How Laboratory made a lot of the previous Smash Brothers games, uh, Kirby, and uh, multiple, multiple Nintendo franchises there. So, and um, and Fire Emblem. But the, the last Fire Emblem wasn't actually handled by them. But do you see anything from these guys? So a, a Kirby game. We haven't got a Kirby game in a little bit. We've got Kirby Fighters 2, which just randomly dropped on the eShop um, after a direct for 30 Australian bucks. So it's a small title. I never, I never played mm, it. Yeah, never yeah. played it. I wasn't too interested. It's like, it looks like Smash Brothers, but worse. <laughs> so I'm not gonna play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we'll use uh, How Laboratory just to talk a no. Sorry, How Laboratory's intelligent system. Sorry about that. Um, just trying to think. Yeah, Kirby. <laughs> we don't say Kirby again, but. Just <laughs> got Kirby music playing in his head. He's thinking about Kirby's Kirby's big glute body. That's all he can think about. Yeah, please, Hal Laboratory, please make uh, Kirby a big glute. Big glute. Kirby's big glute adventure. <laughs> trying to look up here. So on Switch, they've released Kirby Star Allies, uh, Box Boy Plus, Box Girl, Kirby uh, Fighters Two, and Part Time UFO. Like. This studio, it, it really doesn't have the same output um, that it used to, even on 3DS and Wii. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, like uh, it's pretty cool. Like Part-Time UFO, that was a cool little mobile game that came to Switch last year, which I never actually played on Switch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't see too much from um, How Laboratory this year, especially if they are just more focusing on our muscled friend Kirby. <laughs> the glute ball. <laughs> but we did sort of get that... Um, that discussion before how you know, they came out and basically said that uh, we're going for the next uh, the next phase of the Kirby franchise. I was like, whatever that means, I don't know. But are we going to get a hint of a big old next phase of Kirby? <sighs> like, what do we do for Kirby at this point? Hmm. I'd love well, to see what, like- what, what is technically the next big phase of a Kirby game? Something that's always traditionally been a 2D platformer. Mm. And they always like, you know, they, they always use Kirby as their experimental games, whether it is... Like that. Kirby Air Ride 3. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Fuck Mario Kart 9. Just Kirby Air Ride 3. There you go. It'll sell. Yeah, because you imagine the sales on that compared to Mario Kart. You can see why they're not making F Zero or. Uh, <laughs> I think Kirby Air Ride would do well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big, there's a big uh, a cult following for that. Or you could make like a Kirby game collection that's like. Not, not like a, a recollection of you know, previously made, but like, could you imagine like a Kirby superstar game 
right? But instead of just it being the old games in general, but like a re a remade collection of say like um remade uh it's kind of kind of what Kirby um what was the collection on SNES? Yeah, Superstar. Superstar, yeah. Um sorry. But like with <laughs> with the mini game stuff, like um God, uh, the name escapes me. Kirby Golf. Um Dream Course. That's it. Like Kirby's Dream Course, maybe like a section that's like Rainbow Paintbrush. Um like just just the like obscure Kirby stuff and then like make make it but like remake it into its own unique remade collection and it's still got like a story to follow but you've got like a remade Great Cave Offensive would be cool for example because mm. that was like a big its own big system like there's just so much like you, like you said before like it is their experimental series but you could do something like that for Kirby and it would like be interesting yeah I'm personally like really craving a like a, a well-made Nintendo pinball game. So like just see, <laughs> yeah, see like, Kirby pinball. See Kirby pinball again on the Switch. Like obviously Pokemon pinball was a big thing on the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, and mm-hmm. uh, there's Metroid pin, pinball on the DS, which used the Game Boy Advance slot as like the Rumble Pack. So I would like to see like a well-made Kirby pinball game, but yeah. whether. Uh, We'll see like a, a spin-off game from Kirby. I think it is sort of, what's that's time, but we did get like a spin-off game last year as well. So, don't know. They like pumping out Kirby games just willy-nilly, so it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, that's very true. So, let's move on to Game Freak, Bryce. And we already know what Game Freak's sort of announced at the start of this year. So, they're bringing out remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which are coming out on the 19th of November this year. And also Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is coming out on the 28th of January in 2022. So we know two of their games that are coming out. Um, at Pokemon typically doesn't show their games at a Nintendo Direct. We get them at a Pokemon Presents. And typically it's been in the week before. So the week of this episode going out, we could potentially be seeing a Pokemon Presents showing off a bit more information. Um, sort of like with, from uh, Centro Leaks, they reckon that the the graphics have vastly improved for Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, which is good because I, I think that's quite needed and some, somewhat uh, expected when development time sort of ticks along these games. But um, I guess like, the big question is, do you think we'll be getting a, a nice amount of information for Shining, not Shining Arceus, uh, Legends Arceus? Because that's the game a lot of people are curious about at the very least, an open world Pokemon game. Do you reckon we'll get a bit more more insight of how development's coming along, yeah. uh, the mechanics of the game. I don't think till later on in the year. Mm. Pokemon's already had like their big major ball bust of information this year. Yeah, their big ball bust. A <laughs> big ball bust of information this year. Um, brilliant Diamond, Shi- uh, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. You know, obviously there's very mixed reception about whether those games are even going to be any good. Um, Legends, legends are well. I mean, they're going to be one to one remakes. So if you like one to one remakes, but you don't want you don't you don't want your new Pokemon in there because you want to keep your traditional, then it's going to be great. But personally, for me, I don't really care. They're one of my least fa- favorite generations in the series, and it looks like the least amount of effort put into it. <laughs> so I'm not too phased. Um, but um, Legends Arceus, that 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 really needs to. I think the release date floored me when that got announced. That seems too early 
and like we already talked about it. I know. Yeah, we talked about last week. Yeah, you know, it it seems a bit too early just to sort of like clean it up, make it make it good. Obviously, we don't know exactly how long this has been. It could have been in the development for the last ten years, but (laughs) been developed for twenty years. They knew the switch was coming. Twenty years. They're like, quick, we need to develop advanced graphical power and just. You know, Terminator to the future, and then like goes and collect developers from the future. It's just like Jimmy Carter, you're coming with me. <laughs> Come and develop a game in the year of 1982. <laughs> Some bullshit. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think it's I think it's kind of just there's nothing going to be here for it. I think um, Legends Arceus needs more time to cook before they put more information out about it. Um, people had very middling opinions on what it looked like even though i personally thought it looked fine especially if it's going to be a big open world game like i I know i I expect some sort of like graphical downturn and stuff like that Mm. but i I think it's still probably a bit too early for them to show their hand yeah i reckon they'll come out with something i think if people are expecting like a bit of a blowout to like really understand what this game is all about maybe not but i think we'll get another trailer or Something like that, maybe explaining a bit more of the lore or something like that of the of the Sinnoh region. But yeah, I think um, especially with uh, the remakes coming out first, we'll be seeing a bit more of that to start off with. But um, yeah, looking forward to uh, those Pokemon games. I hope uh, Arceus turns out well, which I'm sure at the very least they'll be a fun fun game for a couple of weeks at very least. Yeah, I have to give up on that beer by the way. It's lost its fizz now. It's no good. <laughs> it's no good. It's I've no almost game. finished mine, so mine's only uh, a couple away. I think I'll open my UDL. <laughs> that bad, you can't even finish it. No, look, it was fine when it had some fizz in it, but I'm not a fan of flat beer as it is. So, mm. but anyway, anyway, so let's move on to Nintendo Software Planning and Development. So, Nintendo Software Planning and Development is commonly abbreviated as SPD, as a Japanese research planning and development division housed inside Nintendo Development Center in Kyoto, Japan. Uh, the division had two departments, planning, software, and development, which primarily co-produced games with external developers and software development design department. Mm-hmm. So these guys in the past, they've done a lot of the sort of experimental games on uh, Nintendo. So whether it's WarioWare Twisted, WarioWare Touched, uh, you know, face training, there was uh, Birds and Beans, which was a game ripped from WarioWare onto the DSiWare shop, if you guys remember. I do remember. Remember that? I actually, actually love that game on yeah. there. And there yeah. was also WarioWare Snapped as well. And uh, sort of more recently, we've had a Rhythm, uh, sorry, Rhythm, Rhythm Paradise Megamix, which is like a, rever, a Rhythm Heaven Megamix. Jesus Christ, I don't know why <laughs> that took so much to get out. So going through these guys, we could sort of uh, get anything from them, but it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell at this point. <laughs> but yeah, we could get maybe a little eShop game from them. All right, so we'll move on straight away. So we don't have to <laughs> worry about that. So Intelligent Systems, this has been a uh, development studio from early Nintendo. Um, even even since uh, before Nintendo was developing games. They've been developing games since... Uh, very early early days, helping on Mario Bros, Tennis, Wild Gunman, uh, Duck Hunt, Donkey Kong 3, Devil World, and uh, more recently, working on uh, games like Super Mario, The Origami King, helping on Fire Emblem Three Houses, WarioWare Gold, apparently, there you go, mm-hmm. and uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia, 
and uh, many more, many more. Many more. So with these guys, I do believe that there will be another Fire Emblem game coming out soonish. There's been rumors about remakes of the um, Radiant Dawn on GameCube. That would or, be so good. That would be great. That would be great. Um, especially as... Um, I think Ike, like... Yeah, fan of Ike. I'm a well, fan of Ike. I'd like to see him. You know, in terms in terms of characters when it comes to Fire Emblem, <clears throat> like Marth, obviously, um, Roy and his, his, his family line, I suppose. And then after that is definitely Ike. Like, Ike is such a popular character thanks to Smash Bros. too. I think it's probably about time that... It would be nice to have a Radiant Dawn collection. So Yeah, that'd be great. Would be nice. I don't think it'll happen. I think we'll only get the first one and then maybe they'll do the second one down the line. But yeah, I, I think that's the next big good step. Yeah, because mm. yeah, we're definitely uh, due for another Fire Emblem game. It's a big seller for Nintendo. So Especially these days, yeah. Mm. Mm. They'll be j- jumping on with that. Obviously, we got a Mario RPG last year with the Origami King. Mm-hmm. So don't expect a Thousand Year Door remake or anything like that this year. You never know. They might jump out and surprise us. Yeah, I but, doubt it, but yeah. But yeah. Um, apart from that, they've also the responsible for Pushmo, if you remember that, from the 3DS back in 2011. Nice little eShop game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a lot of fun, basically pushing blocks to try and climb your way up to the very top. Um, so nice little utilization oh, of... I get the name, it pushes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really great use of the 3D back in the day. Um, really cool. Yeah. So just like stuff like that, they're obviously a very experimental team as well with Pushmo. They had codename Steam back in 2015 on the, uh, on the, D, on the 3DS. Yeah. Which um, <laughs> was funny because it's like the only Nintendo game I picked up when they're trying to get rid of it at Target for like 10 bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. like, well, that wasn't the franchise for them, was it? No. Um, so they're not going to be making another Codename Steam. Didn't really latch on how they wanted it. And uh, another game we probably won't be seeing a uh, announced is a, from from the series uh, uh, Advance Wars. <laughs> probably won't be seeing an Advance Wars either. Seems like they're very much sticking with Fire Emblem because that's what's popular. Yeah. I know that more. I know that people want an Advance Wars, but I think it's just kind of a relic lost to time now. Hmm. Like personally, I never played it, but I know people that like genuinely enjoyed it and like had a had a great time with it. But I think it's just one of those things that's long gone. Yeah, I think it is too. Mm. I might have to do a bit of a correction here. It looks like um at least actually I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell from the list we've got here. But a lot of the WarioWare games are either made or they they've helped out with development on WarioWare games. Mm. So I'm not quite sure. Like a lot of these teams sort of mix and match, helping one another. Intelligent Systems is kind of a weird company because, like, primarily they've always been seen as like the Fire Emblem developer. Yeah, right. And they 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 hardly helped. <laughs> they hardly helped with the three uh, houses. Three houses. Mm. It was mostly Koei, uh, which um, I mean that relationship that that relationship is really good. I uh, like Koei Tecmo makes some pretty pretty good games, and then obviously you know you've got Warriors where they've done mashups with popular Nintendo series and stuff like that. That yeah. partnership is really, really good. Um, and Three Houses is like an absolute huge accomplishment, I think, and like testimony to just how good a Koei Tecmo, a Koei Tecmo developed game can be. Um, they like to keep quite faithful to the source material, which um, they did really well with Three Houses, except they added in their own little flair with like the monastery and like having a more like rich world 
So, like, you know, I think that's great and everything. But it was just, I think it was strange to people when they looked at it. They're like, oh, Intelligent Systems is making a new game. And then it's just like, not really, though. Because they're helping with Origami King. (laughs) And, yeah, it's kind of weird. They're they're very much like a middleman now. They're not... They're not like the big cheese of anything. Yeah, and Nintendo has a lot of these sort of studios as well, like One Up Studios, which was um, which helped just like a lot with games from EPD. So I don't know. It's hard from the outside. Obviously, no one knows apart from Nintendo themselves. But yeah. how much involvement does One Up Studios have on, say, Mario Odyssey compared to EP, like the actual main EPD group? Yeah, that's right. Within that studio. So, you know, when we're actually breaking it down these types of things, it is hard because, mm-hmm. like, it's not like, um, say, if you're a PlayStation podcast, like, oh, well, Naughty Dog, they developed The Last of Us and they, uh, they're they outsourcing a bit of work to, say, another, uh, say, Sony Studios for the, the multiplayer mm-hmm. or something like that. It's, yeah. it's a bit hard because we just don't know. No, we don't. I'm know. sure there's lots of studios out there which are just literally called, like, Team One. Yeah. And it's like no one knows two. about them. Yeah. It's like 20 people or something. Yeah. When you when you think of like teams like um, like studios like Bioware, they're very much like that too. They have A, B, yeah. a team and B team, um, <clears throat> which is why Mass Effect Andromeda did so poorly for most people because instead of um, team A handling Mass Effect Andromeda, which they usually did, they, par- they, they palmed it off to team B and team A was sent to work on something that was an colossal failure instead in mm. anthem and yeah. as as a result team b was tried like held to high expectations to make andromeda really good because it was a mass effect game which was huge and that also flopped a next gen mass effect game like the expectations yeah. were through the roof and and they yeah it got completely stuffed and mm. anthem like i think that was the most confusing thing about that is that anthem was hyped up to be this big huge thing and now if you walk into an eb games i can guarantee you you will find it for less than a cost of a pie yeah, yeah, it is. It is absolutely crazy. In these days, it's probably not worth paying it. No, like you might have a bit of fun flying around, but the the community, the community for the most part, is they gave there. up. They yeah. gave up um, before it could even take wing. Mm. Like they got it on launch, they were like, "This is terrible. Fix it." They're like, "Okay, yeah, we'll fix it." And then two months in, the community are like, "This is fucking bullshit," and yeah. gave up. Well, I, I guess that might be one of the actual good things to maybe how Nintendo ha- handles their development. Being like, oh, this game sucks. It's like, oh, okay. And then they just sort of, they, they're not known. They're just over this one entity, which is pretty much Nintendo. Yeah. So maybe that's a good thing for the developers in there. They've got some... they got a bit of leeway. Yeah, a bit of a shield there as far as, you know, not being known as much but it also works obviously, against- obviously they'll still get a kick up the ass and they'll be like all right you need to do better next time and it's like yes sir oh, yeah of course internally yeah 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 but <laughs> you won't have people sort of come at them and just be like you fucking pretty yeah because like for the most part money, <laughs> for the most part if you're just a developer or a director or a producer mm-hmm. you know you just you you want to do the best job you can and you want to go home to your family and kids and keep them fed but when it's like, say, Sakurai, he's he's the head man of Super Smash Brothers. Mm. We don't we don't know anyone else. We don't know like the like the director or just like the man who does the shaders on Ike's sword. We don't know anyone. No. It's very much Sakurai, and a lot of people 
maybe even including us, to say that's Sakurai's game, but it's definitely not. There's hundreds of people within Bandai Namco and Nintendo and everything getting this game ready, whether it's the online or the actual mechanics themselves. And for the most part, if someone's like, another Fire Emblem character, and they're like, you know, they send a message to Sakurai saying he's a piece of shit or whatever it is, you know, he cops that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's, yeah. And I mean, that, that, that's almost kind of his job, but. He's the front man. He's just got to yeah. sort of shield it. Or he, he get he obviously gets a lot of praise, but he also gets like the dickheads as well. I think, I think he, um, I think he very much, and I think anybody at the front head of any team like that that makes themselves that well known, I think they're they're very comfortable with taking that kind of criticism from people. And mm. I don't think it's because they necessarily think they're right either, but I also think it's just more or less, it's just like, all right, you're allowed to have your opinion, but please, I'm the game developer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, that's that's the thing, especially with Ultimate and people who are like um, melee fans, I suppose. And they're just like, just give us melee HD, Shakurai. You know, this is... Fuck your Smash Brothers Ultimate or whatever. And he's just like, well, I'm glad you can take the time to send that to me in a private message. But if you want to look at the sales comparisons between Melee and Smash Brothers Ultimate, I'm going to tell you that that's not what people want. You're a very niche community. I respect you. But my game is doing well. <laughs> my game is going quite well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a, no, I don't have a problem here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not changing everything to appease a very small group, and I think that's. I think that's good. I think he's he's very much in that mind about it, and he knows exactly how to deal with that situation. I think he's a very um very smart man in that regard. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, who are we or fans or anyone who um doesn't make video games to question 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 question? <laughs> Going back to my Scrooge McDuck question. Um, impression but yeah who are we to question sakura sakura's video game development skills oh that's it like for like oh we don't like this character it's like well please <laughs> please just make your own and then you know people people who mod games do eventually yeah well yeah exactly like make your own <coughs> so when people do is oh well maybe don't make your own that's 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 kind of a breaching my game there but i guess uh while we're talking about sakura obviously sora sora limited is his sort of label it used to be sort of um his studio that he built up for Kid Icarus, yeah. but it's it disbanded. And now it's pretty much just his business card that he sort of hands around. So if he has to do, yeah. do a business transaction, he basically just uses that as his as his title, which yeah. he sort of explained in one of his Smash Brothers. It's what uh, goes on his bank direct. statements? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's it's only him that technically works there. Yeah, but so it's not technically not technically a studio, but it's a maybe a good way to bring up Kid Icarus. Whether we're going to see this this year, look. Okay, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say like zero yeah. percent. But my God, I want to see a Kid Icarus game there. I know people <laughs> that listen to this show are like Drew Bryce. We get it. You want a bloody Kid Icarus game? The game in two, 20, was it 14, 13? I think it was thirteen. Thirteen? No, no, twenty twelve. It came out when I was in year twelve at high school. Um, we get it, boys. You like that game? But fucking, you're right. We do. We love that game, and we want another yeah. Kid Icarus game. And if they ever do bring back Kid Icarus, which will be one day, yeah, one do you day. want it to be on rail shooter similar to how Sakurai reimagined it, or do you want to I see it, it as great a, as it was? Yeah, I do too. 
I do too. I know like a lot of um, sort of purists out there will be like, oh, boys, we want it like it was on the SNES or the, the NES where it was just like a an adventure game, 2D adventure game. I want to make something very clear about Kid Icarus Uprising. You make it very clear to them, Bryce. All right. I want to make something very clear about Kid Icarus Uprising. Shitty controls aside, that game was so well crafted and there's nothing like it on the Nintendo system. No. At all. I mean, there's the sin and punishment I'd probably compare to it, but that was a... The last time that was made was on Wii. Mm-hmm. So there's only like two or three entries in that series, but I like Kid Icarus more. Yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't have it doesn't have exactly like the, the the things in it that made it so unique either. Like the characters in that game are obviously like, you know, we hold a lot of respect for like Hades and Palutena and Pitt and like I, I when Brawl came out I was like who the fuck is this angel fuck boy I don't really give a shit yeah you know but that game made me actually relatively care about it <laughs> yeah you know and then the weapon crafting system the fucking weapon crafting weapon crafting system man that thing was so good you could that like there was so many weapons that you could make like just out of trash like I made a, a pair of fists that attack so fast that it would become so relatively jarring just to see it just absolutely get smacked to earth. It was like uh, friggin' watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and you're like on Stardust Crusaders and you see the friggin' Star Star Platinum being like constant aura aura. Dude, like the shit was, that shit was fun. And then you had like high powered sniper rifle or something. Oh, that like, it'll be, you could do with it. It'll be so so good good on Switch. Just, just, they ported me Topia, port Kid Icarus to Uprising. I know it's a way harder game to port, but please, like, the multi, oh, the multi so bad. The multiplayer too was good. I know. It's just, I, it's but like, it, was res- it was restricted because it was on the 3DS. Because yeah, the, th- the thing with me, like, apart from having bad internet living home on the farm, uh, I could get through the story with the controls. But the controls for like doing like 180s, turning around and doing everything, I just, I didn't get as into it as I definitely would on a normal control scheme. On a normal control scheme. Yeah, exactly. Which I agree with. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't mistake that. I definitely sort of agree with it. But like, you know, it it just, it in its own right. Um, Because I played a fair bit. I played at least like 15 to 20 hours, I reckon, of Kid Icarus Uprising multiplayer. Because I had to, I just had so much fun making different weapons combinations and stuff like that. Mm. It was really good, and like I know that the touchscreen controls were somewhat restrictive, and you had to buy a stupid circle attachment or whatever if you wanted to try and play it. It actually it came with the stand. Yeah, that too. It came with the stand. The actual game got bundled with the stand because Nintendo was aware how just kind of backwards this control scheme was, but. They just really didn't have an option before. I played it mostly without it. Yeah, because yeah, this was before the uh, the second stick, like the boat attachment, which you put the 3DS into, which Ross right. has said. And mm. like, I think today it would have gotten an update or something. But yeah, you know, back then I think Sakurai just said, "No, no, I've designed it with the stylus. The the stick isn't fast enough mm, yeah. to move the reticle." So, but still, in saying that, like, regardless of that, like, if you made a modern version of a Kid Icarus game that was like that, I can guarantee people would probably latch onto that pretty. Pretty well, yeah. Especially with like such a such a great mm. great single player. Yep. So it, it won't be coming from Sakurai. Probably won't be producing it. He's doing Smash Brothers DLC um, as we speak. But from a Nintendo studio, who who do you see could be potentially making it if it's ever going to come out? 
See, that's hard. Like, I, I think that would... Would it go to Nintendo themselves, or could you say... Uh... No, you know what? I'm not even sure it would. Personally, I think, like, especially considering the big close relationship with Bandai Namco, it wouldn't surprise me if it was, like, Bandai Namco. Yeah, true. Help, but That'd be awesome. I think it'd be great. Um, Bandai Namco, again, is one of those studios, again, like Koei, that have really proven themselves in the Nintendo sphere of being able to make quality Nintendo titles with just what they've they've got under their own experience belt mm. and still remaining relatively true to what the series needs. You know, if you've played Smash Ultimate, boy, they, they worked mostly on that, mm. you know? So it, it, it is, yeah, it's definitely a thing they could do and I reckon would be very good. But last time that um, Kid, Icar- uh, Kid Icarus game came up in a conversation with Sakura or whatever, he said, yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm glad to see that there's support, but I don't think it'll happen. Which sucks. Yeah, I guess it didn't like blow the. Oh, it had so much charm, but people <sighs> mm. couldn't get past the stylus controls, and I hate that. I yeah, hate that. It wasn't sluggish to play. It was just kind of awkward. Yeah, like I um I like sat on the couch and had the stand on like on my chest. I held the 3ds with my left hand and did it, and I didn't even think about it. I know it's not like if you're on the bus or. In a car or if you're anywhere apart from your table or your couch, it could be a bit cumbersome. But I had my headphones on and I just got sucked into it because, like, the reviews came out. I was getting, like, sevens. I'm like, oh. Oh, the music, the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack was great. Like, just, um, I, God, I love this fucking game. Give me another one. I, the reviews came out from, like, IGN, et cetera, et cetera. They got, like, sevens out of ten. They said that controls are shit. And I'm like, oh. You know, and it's sort of like, I kind of died inside. I'm like, oh, damn it, type of thing. And I played it and I'm just like. I got over the Shit. controls, man, and this game rocks. Yeah, that's right. This it's, it's need, so we, overlooked. We need, we need to set up our 3DSs again and like um get get the live streams going with the 3DS and play through that game. Mm. I think that'd be interesting to play through. That'd be great. Yeah, even if we do an encore or something on it, like we need to talk about it. Obviously, <laughs> I will talk about it, but I'd love to do a live stream of it and just go yeah. through it. The thing it's my, not that long. Yeah, the thing on my 3DS of how I stream it, uh. It's pretty laggy, and it, that that's fine for Pokemon. I, was, I think I was it's doing been Pokemon. Up, it's been updated since then. I think has it. Okay, yeah, well, we'll because look, we'll look into that. What what um, streaming program were you using before when you installed it on your 3DS? I can't remember. Um, a long time ago. Snicker Stream is the current one. Snicker Stream. Okay. Yeah, okay. and we'll apparently apparently it's pretty good. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll have a look into that. Stay tuned. Yeah. So I guess uh, what we're talking about, uh, Sakurai as well, uh, Smash Brothers DLC. We'll, pro- we'll definitely see a character announced, revealed at this E3. Past three, anybody? Mm. Mm. Probably. Do not. you have anyone in mind necessarily? I don't really. Oh, there's heaps of there's heaps of there's heaps of characters that could go in. No, there's none left. There's not not no, one character. Not one character. <laughs> like oh, they, they even got Kratos. You fuck now. Um, <laughs> Fortnite talking. We can't have them anymore. Jonesy. Oh look! If they announce that, I'll be like, I'll be like, you know, I respect Fortnite, but don't want him in. My, I don't want Jonesy in Smash. No, I could see Nintendo just be like, yeah, put him in. Fortnite's so popular, oh, and they would. And we want that crowd in here. It's like, oh, like Steve's one thing. Like, yeah, Steve makes sense. He's that's cool. But Jonesy, like, everyone, everyone, everyone knows who what Fortnite is. Who the who the fuck knows who Jonesy is? I didn't Everybody know- knows who Jonesy is, man. I only learned he's about- He's the default skin. Everybody knows who he is. I know he's the default is. skin, but I remember people saying, oh, I'll bring Jonesy. I'm like, who the fuck is Jonesy? 
Is he that kid? I, from- I, I, I've, I've played very little Fortnite over the last two years now. Yeah. Right. Because jo- <laughs> But I can tell you who Jonesy is. <laughs> Jonesy to, to me is the kid on kid on my school bus who used to like, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. He's the kid who used I to say like, hi to him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a good bloke. He used to have like two smokes, then like just empty a can of deodorant onto himself. So his, uh, his, so his aunt and uncle didn't find out. Yep. Then he'll get on the bus. We're like, dude, fucking, you smell like fucking Lynx Africa so bad right now. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I just had two smokes. Well, yeah. So that's Jonesy to me. So when you say Jonesy and Smash, I'm like, that's a, that's a weird, weird take. But <laughs> <laughs> Nah, he like, yeah, yeah. I, I would not be surprised if he ended up in there. I don't want him in there. I think. There's there there has to be like a disparity between like what's popular and what ends up in Smash Brothers as like a like a character that has a legacy and Fortnite doesn't really have a legacy yet like mm. at all it, it is kind of just like it is the current hot big game and it has been for a few new, few years now um and and I don't I don't think Smash has ever really been about that it's about sort of having things in that have have a legacy unless of course it's like a nintendo property like splatoon or whatever that that's a bit of a different story right because it's a nintendo game you expect those things yeah. but when it comes to people coming in from other franchises and stuff like that and especially and you know what with the current current situation with what's going on with apple and epic at the moment i i highly doubt they have the time to organize jonesy and smash anyway not going to happen. Um, obviously, you've got the usual front runners like Crash Bandicoot, uh, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. You've got people wanting Geno. Wouldn't surprise me if he ends up in there one day. I don't think it'll happen in Ultimate, though. Um, and sort of just like, yeah, sort of down the line. There's plenty. Master Chief. I dreamt of kissing Master Halo from Halo. I did, <laughs> I did not show you that last thing. I need to show you after the show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Duke Nukem quotes, best thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Jesus. I dreamt of kissing Master Halo from Halo. <laughs> I love that shit. Um, but yeah, nah. I don't know. It's hard to tell at yeah. this point. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to put any guesses in there. Uh, personally, Hades from Kid Icarus while we're on that theme. Yeah, please. Put, put him in. Uh, Pity boy. Oh, look, what am I... One of my favorite uh, villains in a Nintendo game, but this is why I want him in there. They say, "All right, E three twenty twenty one. This is the character coming to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's Hades from Kid Icarus." Everyone's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Sakurai? Here's my hate mail, and there I am, son. Yes, boy, you did right by me. Thank you." Not only that, but like, hey, if you're putting Hades in there, it gets a bit of traction. Everybody wants to know who he is. Who's he? Oh, so well, you can get out your 3DS and get a nice hand cramp and uh, play some Uprising. They'll go. They'll go. Guess what, everybody? What's that? With the release of Hades in the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, we've remade the Kid Icarus Uprising Ooh. for the Switch. Mm. All right? With dual stick controls. Oh, God. Mm. And uh, motion controls for those Splatoon players out there to give you that little bit of extra aiming oomph. Mm. 
I'll take that. I'll buy that. Yeah, uh, I would fucking buy that. Uh, full, full price Nintendo. I don't have to even send me a survey. It's fine. I would pay $80. That's more than I paid for Kid Icarus Uprising when I bought it. Sure, you paid 60 mm. Mm. That's right. I would pay for it. Guys, it was a really good game. He'll go to work. He'll earn money to buy that product. It's three hours worth of work, guys. Yeah, that's three hours. Three hours worth of work. Three hours worth of work, and I will, you know, use that three hours worth of work on your game. Yeah. Now, that will pay your... Development studios that will keep your business open. So just keep, right, yeah. keep that in make, mind, Nintendo. Keep that in mind. You can make Kid Icarus Up Uprising. Up Up, up Uprising. Fuck yes. That is a great name. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to another Nintendo developer. Nintendo Software Technology, often abbreviated as NST. And this is a uh, American video game developer that was created to develop first-party games for the North American market and Bryce we often bring these guys up because they made our much beloved Metroid Prime Hunters on Nintendo DS in 2006 mm. and uh, recently they're sort of just like another support studio helping um, on games such as uh, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury uh, if you remember that smaller game that came out last year Good Job which was announced that sort of like a, an indie initiative by Nintendo which included the stretches as well um, they did I think they ported Captain Toad to 3DS. Um, so a lot of the times they are just porting and stuff like that, but they are also responsible for the Mario and Donkey Kong series, which started on uh, Game Boy Advance. There was multiple iterations on DS as well. I almost think that would probably be the thing that celebrates Donkey Kong's anniversary more than anything. Yeah, so I, I do bring that up because if they have like uh, a few games, whether it is like a bigger game, like some smaller games to just release on the eShop, it's the perfect uh, sort of thing to bring out. If you watch, um, if if anybody uh, listening watches Scott the Was, um, and you haven't caught up with his latest video, do watch his latest video because it's uh, digital only physical games, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the last thing to happen with uh, with the uh, Mario vs Donkey Kong um, for for the last two systems, so 3DS and Wii U, was that they had a digital digital only physical game where you go buy it from a shop. And uh, this wasn't in the case in Japan, only in uh, the US. Mm. You go buy it from the shop, you'd get like a cardboard disc in inlay. So not not an actual disc and you get a download code in the cover. Yeah. Now, it was the only, one of the only cross-buy titles that Nintendo has ever done. So yep. if you bought either one of them, you would get a code for the game in the thing with like a fake whatever, whether it, oh, well, no, the 3DS didn't have a fake cartridge, but you had a fake disc in the Wii U version. But you would redeem that code for, you know, Mario vs. Donkey Kong mini is that mu- mini butt munch or something. Mario vs. Donkey Kong tipping stars. That's it, tipping stars. In 2015. And then you would redeem that code and then like a week later from Nintendo, you'd get an email. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> They'd be like, "You want here, here's your code for the other copy for your other console. And you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nintendo used to do that a lot. Um, I, Because I, I remember this game when they announced it because with PlayStation uh, 4 and Vita, they did cross-play so well. You know, obviously, you go to your the PSN, you buy it, you download it on both systems, you're done. I remember, like, a lot of uh, games like Guacamelee, Sound Shapes, a lot of these games, I, I loved playing them on both. Yeah. It sort yeah. of did what you did on the Switch where you can play it on the TV when you put... Just bring your save down to the Vita, play it on your Vita. Happy days. And when they announced this, I'm like, oh, cool. That's great. Nintendo were doing it too. I quite enjoy it over on the PlayStation. But um, just with how the 3DS worked, it's just it, it, it wasn't good enough. 
No. Because like with a, I don't know if you can remember, but when you bought DLC for Super Smash Brothers on 3DS or Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, you can buy the packs, which uh, you pay a bit more and you get it on both. And uh, I got all these emails with all these codes for like me costumes, characters. And I'm like, I'm like there. Like I had to write them all down on the piece of paper. Then I put them into like the eShop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, surely, surely you can just track my account and just be like, yeah, you can download this now. You bought it. But no, definitely can't. It was uh, it was a mess. It was yes, a mess. Was. And, yes. th- and you wonder why we're like, put their both. At least the, if the console is now just a handheld and a console just in one, at least we don't have to do that anymore. A console. Console. A console. Mm. <sighs> Jesus. So <laughs> Nintendo software technology, I just expect I, I we could potentially see like a, another Mario vs. Donkey Kong game yeah. because of the, the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, they might be just doing nothing, just doing probably port nothing. work. Port probably work. nothing. Because yeah. I, I do, I do appreciate what they did with Metroid Prime. Yeah, yeah, I think we all do. Yeah. yeah. All right, next up, Bryce. Uh, this is one of your favourites, Monolith Soft. Oh, Monolith, so baby. Mon- <laughs> well, baby. So, Monolith Soft is a Japanese video game development studio originally owned by Namco. Uh, which, which later became Namco, uh, Bandai Namco, until being bought out by Nintendo in 2007. So, Monolith Soft, responsible for the Xenoblade series. Uh, the most recent game was Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Correct. A couple of years ago. Was it 20? Not even that long ago. Was it 2020? Yeah. It was sure too. It, was it feels like ages ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, literally a year ago. year and a bit ago. My God, it feels like... T- Five years ago. Mm-hmm. So that was their most recent game. And they're also a very heavy support studio. Very well known yes, for, for helping uh, Breath of the Wild. Become um, the game it is. Become the game it is. And hopefully helping Game Freak as well. Mm-hmm. Now that they share a building together. Yeah. But uh, what do you expect from these guys, Bryce? Would you be surprised if at the very end we get one more thing? Xenoblade Chronicles 3? Would you be surprised with that? Look, or- I, I think we'll get a hint at their, no- their next project. Um, but I don't think it will be, I don't think, I don't think we'll have any like reasonable thing because the thing is, is like, I follow their development, like relatively closely. Um, it's one of the studios that I really care about and I really care about what they're putting out. Um, mainly because I'm just so damn impressed with like the technical feats they've managed to pull off. Um, and I think they can pull off with the switch. Um, but uh, for a while, they have been in a bit of a employee slump and they've been looking to, you know, um, pull in some more people and they've only really sort of just, they're only really sort of just getting back on their step. We know that they're working on something. Um, but as it, as it sort of currently stands, I think it's, it's tough um, to determine whether they're going to be able to have any information for us this year, especially if um, by any stretch of the imagination they might be helping uh, Game Freak with Legends Arceus. Or, um, Hopefully. Well, Breath, <laughs> Breath of the Wild 2, it's right there. You know, They're definitely helping with that. They'd, they'd have to be helping with that. There's no there's no question or, you know, whatever. But um, you know what? Um, even if, if uh, the next project just happened to be like a port of X or something, I would be so, so happy. To have all three of those uh, Xenoblade games on that console would be awesome. Um, it was wasted potential being on the Wii U, unfortunately. That is a shame. But holy hell, that world is so huge 
and so interesting to explore and there's just giant monsters everywhere and it's just <laughs> you know you, and they only have to port it i know we're sick of ports and we've got a lot of ports but that is a port i've been asking since the switch came out mm. yeah you know? i i i would think that would probably be going for like a, another original game after you know uh, definitive edition coming last year so i, I could see i agree yeah I, I could definitely see X coming eventually, though, because it's one of the last Wii U games to sort of be stranded still on that system. Yeah, one of the last absolutely incredible Wii U games. But, like, I understand that, but, like, that's where it comes down to them rehiring and stuff like that as well, is that they'd, had, they'd been doing that for a while. Hmm. So they, had, they went from, like, a pretty relatively decent-sized team, then they lost a few people, and then all of a sudden it was just like, we don't really have the staff that we need to sort of push forward. We know that they hired, um, what was it? I can't remember if it was a lead or uh, like a higher up the ladder software developer engineer or some, something like that. Can't I can't remember, remember which sorry. one. Yeah. I can't remember, but they did that like in the last year or so, um, which would probably indicate something for the better. But there's a lot of people asking for X. Um, I think that, it's it's very possible that they've probably got that under their belt somewhere. You know, people want it. Um, obviously, we got uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, um, which people didn't necessarily ask for, but it was welcome, if that makes sense. I think people wanted X more because it's stranded, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Difficult, difficult. But um, even if even if it was just an X port, next I wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think we could see. Uh, I would love to see uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three on a huge, powerful like next, ne- like Nintendo's next step. I think. Mm. I think just having two on there is fine at the moment. I don't think we need three. I think three on the next console where it's probably going to have a bit more would probably be more beneficial. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I could I could see it being teased this year though. I could see it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Just like you know, one of those games be like, yes, it's coming. They cannot be ignored as a as a developer. No. They no. they break huge boundaries and they have since the Wii. Yeah. Because like this is one these guys are being used as a support studio, but they're also making their own huge games as well. Mm-hmm. Like we've we talked about um one up studios and um uh NT B oh Jesus Christ, I can't remember but <laughs> what the uh, abbreviation is, but like, yeah, they're a massive studio, so hopefully we'll see something from them soon. Mm-hmm. All right, so another studio, uh, ND Cube. So these guys are a Japanese uh, game developer in Japan with offices in Tokyo, and uh, they are a fully-owned Nintendo subsidiary. And uh, these guys, these are guys that are behind uh, Clubhouse Games, uh, 51 Worldwide Games, Super Mario Party, uh, your favorite Animal Crossing game, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, uh, Mario Party Top 100, um, you know, a lot of the Mario Party stuff and we play and, you know, those types of titles which you've seen throughout the last decade or so. So the last game was last year. Um, they took about two years after Super Mario Party, which came out in 2018. So I wouldn't expect anything from them this year. Maybe next year if they are on a bit more of a two-year development cycle. Yeah, yeah. Whether it is Super Mario Party 2 or... Don't know another sort of just a fun pu- party game like clubhouse games. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I agree. Yeah, so don't expect a no a, questions. Don't there. expect a new Mario Party. No, 
Because uh, I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, with the new online update, is that because we're getting a new Mario Party this year? It's like, no, I don't think so. And honestly, I don't see Mario Party fitting in that well with uh, what Nintendo has and could potentially have coming out this year mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Um, say if they do have new hardware, I don't know if Mario Party 2 is the, is the right move necessarily, but who knows? Who knows? Ooh, one of our favorites, Bryce. I'm sure this will get us on a tangent. Next Level Games, which is Nintendo's newest studio that has been brought in. So Next Level Games is a can- Canadian video game developer owned by Nintendo and based in Vancouver, British Columbia. It was founded in 2002. And Next Level Games specializes in creating video game, vi- creating console video games, as they do if they are owned by Nintendo. So, Bryce, obviously, we talk about Mario Strikers on Nintendo Switch. We want it real bad. It's a Mario soccer for anyone that didn't play it back in 2007. We want this game, Bryce. We want it now. There's Mario Golf coming out at the end of this month, so I don't know if they'll be doing, like, two Mario sports games in the one year. Probably not if this will ever happen. But what do you see Next Level Games making for the next game obviously i don't really know yeah so mar uh luigi's mansion 3 came out in 2018 they've just been purchased too Mm. right like not that long ago so i would say that nintendo's got something lined up for them definitely but what that is at this point in time could be anything luigi's mansion 3 was amazing yeah if i said 2018 i'm sorry it was 2019 luigi's mansion 3 yeah that's right Sorry about that. Like I said, it feels like ages ago. Yes, it does. <laughs> it was like more than two years ago. But yeah, I um like Luigi's Mansion 3 sold really well, but I, I can't say there's like a real need for just like, oh, two Luigi's Mansion games on Switch. Yeah, no. So not? I think it would be a mistake to go back to that. I think Luigi's Mansion 3 will still sell to people that need that type of experience on Switch. Yeah. Um, Whether they need a sports game, Camelot is pumping out. Sports games every couple of years. Mario Golf's coming out very soon. Fingers crossed that's better than tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seem to go between um, those two sports a lot, whereas uh, Strikers was the basically the only Mario soccer game that um, came out apart from the All-Stars sort of sports collections, which has really satisfied nothing as far as um, that's regarded. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, no, nah, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want that. Yeah. So where do you reckon they'll go with this? Um, potentially ne- uh, next level games. Like they've they've handled Metroid in the past on 3DS with Metroid Prime Federation Force. That was uh, a title that a lot of people didn't really like very much from the very start. Just from the the inclusion of Prime in the name, the way it looked, just looking nothing like Metroid Prime. Looked very you know cartoony and stuff, which uh, doesn't jive with the Metroid fan base, I guess. But could you see these guys being? sort of uh, at the helm of a 2D Metroid or something. I couldn't either. No. no. I, I, I don't think, I don't think we're due for a 2D, 2D Metroid for a long time. Yeah. They also re, they also brought back Punch-Out on the Wii in 2009. They did. So, like, any, basically any older Nintendo franchise, they could rejuvenate. Yep. They could even be the ones behind Kid Icarus if we ever see it again. So there's a lot of potential for uh, next level games. They're, I think they're one of the sleeper hits at Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Being a sports game of strikers, you know, if people weren't in the soccer, they probably just went nah, looked over it type of thing. Um, Luigi's Mansion was a fun game. Luigi's Mansion. I think people sort of like looked up and went, "Oh, 
Wow, these guys are good. Like, even if you don't like the game, just like looking at sort of the cartoony graphics, oh the animation. God, yes. It's like, oh, this game looks really good. It's really prime. So, yeah. yeah. It's prime next uh. level game. <laughs> so, potentially the next game, now that we're actually a uh, first party Nintendo studio with the backing and everything that comes with that. I'll, I cannot wait, whatever it is, but don't expect it at E3. Maybe a teaser if Nintendo were, are inclined about just teasing us about everything. Mm-hmm. But as far as a, a lineup for our 2021 title, don't expect it. No. Don't expect it. Yeah, dead on. And uh, last of all, what we're going to talk about, Bryce, is Retro Studios. <laughs> Retro. Retro Studios, all right, we know they took over Metroid Prime 4. We know that. When it's coming, I don't know. Not this year. Mm-mm. Next year? I don't even know next year. Probably not. Nah. Uh, I think it's Metroid Prime 4. It's one of the... Uh, most embarrassed Nintendo has publicly been in a long time. They physically, like, you know, came out in front of us, put out a video saying, we're sorry, did the uh, traditional Japanese bow to apologize. And, you know, when a company does that, whether it's Sony apologizing for their PlayStation Network outage or Nintendo for, you know, screwing up the uh, production of one of their most anticipated titles, you know. You You know it's a major, major fuck up. You know it's a big fuck up. And uh, we, we, we always sort of try and keep up with uh, Retro Studios hiring people, whether it's big roles or just smaller roles to uh, get the game made. But it seems to be they're always um, hiring a bit too big a roles for the game to be coming out too soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's even if uh, maybe some of their competition at um, 343 Studios developing Halo on Xbox, it, it was- they're always hiring people as well. And that's meant they could be coming out this year, but... It was the right. <laughs> it was the right decision, though. Yeah, definitely. Like they cannot bring that game out and have it being a hodgepodge of. They could mess. have no. They could have not have done that without Retro Studios. There's a reason that the Prime games are looked up as like, wow, you know, these are pretty fucking good Metroid games. Um. Without without Retro, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been possible, I don't think, and I think they realised that pretty early in. They're just like. Guys, I think we've got to fucking make a video. <laughs> Girls, I'm sorry. We should have listened. Go to the production, the uh, production team. Like, well, turn on the cameras. We gotta make a video. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. We should have listened. <laughs> we thought we could make it, but we couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if these guys have like a a different like a structure to their team where they could be potentially making something else as well. Probably not. No. Like, do you remember all those? All ru- their resources would be into this. Yeah. Like, do you remember the the rumors that came out like a year or so ago about them making that Star Fox racing game, and then it turned out to be like bait for leakers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just to try and catch leakers, they made up this game basically and linked it out. And I was like, oh, really? That sounds really cool. Star Fox Racing game. Oh, I'll buy that. I'll be Fox McGain. I'll fly around. Oh, that sounds like fun. So, oh, no, that doesn't exist. They made it up. They did. To bait these people that keep letting us down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Metroid Prime. Don't don't expect it. Don't expect it. No. Uh, do you think we could see like a tease, like a really uh, unappropriate tease be like, Yes, this is Metroid Prime 4. When is it coming? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're due for an update sooner rather than later. I would like an update. Yeah. Like just to see where it's at. Obviously, 
it's not going to be like hugely down the pipeline just yet or something like that. But like getting like a small development video where they're just like, hello everybody, this is what we're doing. There's going to be a very well-balanced multiplayer and everybody's going to love it. It's going to be better than Halo. Um, <laughs> better than Halo. Just like the year of Halo coming out. Don't play that. Play Metroid. Yeah, I want this really flamboyant dude to come out. Hey guys, just want to tell you, Metro Prime's fine. Don't you worry your pretty little faces about it. But, <laughs> but it will take some time. Don't you worry about that. But just to keep you updated in the meantime, we are adding so much content to the game. Expect multiplayer, robust story, and customization. Samus can wear many different outfits, like including a pink cowboy hat. Look at her shin guards. No one can kick those shins. No. That mm. includes you, Metroid and Mother Brain. Oh, <laughs> no. oh no. Oh no. What are they ever gonna do? Mm. What are they ever gonna do? So that's my prediction anyway. They flamboyant can't kick dude. Samus and the shins. <laughs> Flam flamboyant dude comes out and uh, updates us on Metroid. Alright. Alright, believe you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. That's all the uh, studios we're going to go through for this episode. I dare say there's a a fair few other studios. We could have gone through uh, Koei Tecmo more in depth and Bandai Namco, potentially on their relationships, other second party developers Nintendo works with, other internal teams we might not even know about. But Mm. uh, I think we covered a fair few of Nintendo's big hitters there. I think we did. I think we did. We covered it in (laughs) uh, an hour and 52 minutes. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, Bryce, that's not even it. We're just getting into the news, my friend. Oh, God. <laughs> How long is this episode? It's going to be a long one. It's a pre-E3 one, Bryce. Oh. Oh. It's like, I can't even drink my beer. I can't even drink my beer. We need to. You know what we need to do, I think? We need to get like the sound bite of the uh, times running out um, from Mario. Mm, yeah. And then just like when we're gone on too long, like, all right, we need to quick shot the news or something. You just go, do, 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 and then we like try to speed read the news. Well, mm. we'll go. We'll get through this relatively quick, so don't watch, don't worry your pretty little face about it. I'm not. Oh, good. My throat's just getting a bit dry, you know. I just fucking <laughs> smashed two alcoholic <laughs> drinks. Drink that. Oh, you, you have two. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not drinking that. Fuck that. I'm over it. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news. All right. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Even Ike hurt his ears. Yeah, sorry about hitting your ear. I put it up a bit too loud there, but it's all good. So, a bit of news from this week, Bryce. Uh, Nintendo's opening up a, a museum in oh, Kyoto, yes, Japan. Yes. Very nice. And this comes straight from Japan. Uh, uh, Japan. It comes straight from Japland. I was going to say... Uh, Nintendo's Japanese Twitter, but Japland came out. I didn't even, I didn't even say Japland. You put it. Japland. It's funny too because it's um it's got it's told as like a bit of a letter and it's uh it's from June second, twenty twenty one, and it's to whom it may concern. Whom it may concern. And it concerns us, everyone. Oh you know, shit! We're a bunch of Nintendo fans out here. Oh, so. this is very concerning. So Nintendo is uh, opening a brand new museum in Kyoto, Japan. Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo is pleased to announce that Nintendo 
and the land surrounding the building will be used as a new gallery to showcase many products Nintendo has launched over its history. Ooh. Nintendo has been discussing the possibility of building a gallery as a way to share Nintendo's product development and history and philosophy with the public. Uh, to this end, the Nintendo Euro uh, Ogru <laughs> Nintendo Yuji Ogura plant will be renovated to accommodate the gallery. In a decision reached after uh, taking consideration from the city of Yuji's plan to redeveloping the ne nearby Yugura station area. The Nintendo Yugura plant was built in 1969 and was known as the Yuji plant. The name of the facility was changed to Yuji Ugura plant in 1988. After the construction, expansion and uh, renovation of the current plant, uh, the plant was used to manufacturing both both playing cards and Hanafuda cards. Hanafuda. And was operated as a customer service center for products repair. Discussion of how to use the uh, Ugra plant began after these functions were transferred to a current plant in no November 2016. The facility temporarily named Nintendo Gallery, where Nintendo's historical products will be showcased and exhibits and experiences will be available, is expected to be completed within the 2023 financial year, which ends in March 2024. Mm. So this is another good reason to go to Japan, Bryce. I really want to go here. We need to go. Yeah. So when we go there... Once, uh, once Corona is all said and done. So 2024, let's hope Corona is um, manageable. Finished. We're uh, getting our vaccines. I'm actually getting my vaccine, first vaccine next week. Very nice. So that, that's pretty cool. I need to get my flu vaccine before I get my COVID one, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I need, I, need, <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need both. But yeah, great reason to go there. We go to Nintendo theme park. We go to Nintendo museum. We can go mm. to Kyoto, look at the blossoms if we get the right time of year. Uh, just, you know, just, just do the whole Japanese thing. I'm really looking forward to it. So hopefully... I don't want it now. I don't want to go too early. Like if in twenty twenty three, we're like, oh, let's go. It's like, oh, but the museum isn't open. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but really cool that they're op opening up sort of a a museum in like an actual facility where they made some of their original products. Mm. They got them to where they are today. Like the Hanafudu cards are absolutely gorgeous cards, and closest thing I've ever got to to them is a like a my Nintendo. Reward. Reward, yeah. With like, oh, I bought enough copies of uh, Kid Icarus Uprising, so now I can <laughs> <laughs> I can buy uh, some Hanafuda cards with no, my points. No, full Russell Grant's Astrology. Nah, that wasn't a Nintendo published game. It didn't come oh, with any points. come on. Do you remember those points? How you had to put them in manually? I'm still, I'm still really bummed that I didn't go to, like when I went to Chicken Feed and I saw like a whole bunch of them there for like five bucks a pop, then I didn't just buy a heap. I really wish I did. Mm-hmm. And then I could have just wrapped them up and like give them to you for your birthday. Like, look at all these Russell Grant's astrologies. You know Lance on Twitter, who loves that game, yeah, and sort yeah. of made that meme into the reason why you follow it. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever he ships, I saw this on Twitter. Whenever he ships anything out, he he sends out a copy of Russell Grant's. He yeah. sends out a copy of Russell Grant's astrology because it's so cheap. As pretty much his business card. Yeah, I love that so much. Yes, yeah, I really do love that so much. This <laughs> is such a fucking stupid shit. Game. I guess we. I guess we better update anyone who doesn't know what Russell Grant's astrology is, which is probably everyone. It was like a just like a, a really trashy game on Nintendo DS where you put it in, you put your date of birth in, and every day it'll tell you your star sign, tell you what's going to happen during the day. And that's all it did. During the week, and that's all it did. So it was pretty much like a $50 app you'll download for free these days. Mm -hmm. And 
on the front, it has the astrologer himself, Russell Grant, with his just stupid bloody head, just <laughs> pulling the dumbest smile you could possibly pull. And it was funny oh. as hell. And this was a meme back in 2006 before yeah, memes yeah. were classified as memes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So if you just just Google Russell Grant's astrology, you will not be disappointed. Grab a grab a copy for yourself. I know I did. When I saw an EB Games for six dollars back in twenty ten or something, I was sure to pick up a copy. Do you have a copy? I do not. No. Oh, Bryce. You, oh. I need to. No, I need to order something from Lance and get a business card copy. Yeah, you. You might w- not want to order something from Lance. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what he what he sells. I know. Uh, I fucking know. I might even. I might. Have, I got I can't just not tell people now. Basically, uh, Lance, I don't know if he listens to this podcast. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't. But I know people like Tam and stuff are involved in the Aussie Nintendo community back from when, when that was those, a, those when, long, when, long when that was ago. a forum back in the day. And uh, basically, I, I followed him on Twitter because I, I know you from the Aussie Nintendo forums. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so but it I, turns yeah. out he has a blog where he reviews sex toys. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and that's his that's his career pretty much. Mm. Yeah. And uh, just imagine, like, ordering yourself a sex toy. You know, it comes to your door. You're like, ah, oh, yes, what a wonderful sex toy. You open up the box. Ah, oh, yes, this is what I ordered. And then you're like, hang on, it still feels like there's something in this box. And <laughs> <laughs> you get a copy of this dumb fucking game with this dude's stupid animal. Yeah, because, like, with, with Lance, like, every now and again, like, he retweets, like, <sighs> he retweets, like, some hentai or something yeah yeah i'm like oh jesus christ but i still follow him because he's so funny just yeah. like his takes on nintendo and that yeah. um and apparently he, he, t- he posted this not long ago but he he was followed by sega yes he was and <laughs> and, and because of that say if say if some random follows sega because they want an update on sonic the hedgehog on twitter it will come up and it will say oh we recommend uh lance because he also he is followed by sega and his post will be like a a picture of a naked woman. Yeah. Like, you know, right. yeah. doing things. Yeah. And and he'll quite often get comments being like, dude, I, I this came up on like my kids' timeline because they follow <laughs> Sega. It's like he just got unfollowed by Sega, probably because of that reason. But entertaining nevertheless, Russell Grant's astrology, definitely go and check it out. Great game. Great game. Uh, Bad game, great cover up. <laughs> Um, this this was this got leaked officially, Bryce. A release date and a game t- details by Shimigami Tensei Five. Yeah, and uh, by Atlas themselves, so what? it's definitely legitimate. Yeah, so I'm gonna read this from Nintendo Enthusiast, and the article reads: Atlas uh, Atlas's official Japanese website for Shimigami Tensei Five briefly and very prematurely published several critical details for the upcoming Nintendo Switch game, including the release date and story gameplay details, uh, and fam site. Uh, Persona Central called all of it. Shimigami Tensei 5 apparently has a Japanese release date of November th- uh, 11th, 2021. And since the game will be releasing worldwide simultaneously, that should be theoretically the date for the rest of the world as well. Regarding the story, the main character of Shimigami Tensei 5 is a high school student who somehow wanders into the world of Dadath, uh, where he fuses with, mysteri- with a mysterious man and becomes a uh, Naya Bonona. No. You want me to read these? <laughs> Nao Bino. Nao Bino. Where are you reading? There. Nalbino. 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 And a foreign being caught in the fight between gods and demons. There will par- apparently be multiple endings to the game as per usual. 
Dadath is apparently a massive desert where gods and demons live, with some demons being as large as mountains. And uh, as mountains, uh, there are more than 200 demons, including new ones illustrated. Um, so, yeah, that's basically all the information. So, yeah, we'll see some more information at E3, more likely. So, expect a release date and information officially coming out soon. Soon, yeah. E3. E3. Um, next up, Bryce, I ha- haven't checked this out myself, but I just want to put it on people's radar. So a, recently there was a Indie Live Expo 2021 showing off a bunch of indie games. Apparently the live stream went for six hours. Wow. So a long time. A lot of a lot of games announced there. Uh, a lot of games obviously coming to Nintendo Switch. So I just want to put that on people's radar. If you're interested in checking out some newly announced indie games, I'll put a link in the show notes. Go and check this out. Um, but some notable ones I can see here is Blaster Master Zero Three. Um, I don't know if that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I haven't checked it out myself yet. So, oh, yeah. But I will. I will. So if you want to check out some mini games, check out that. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, this one's from not my Nintendo News. So Sakura of Rice and Ruin shipments and digital sales top one million worldwide. Hmm. And while this is really notable, they had their internal sort of predictions of how well this game will sell. They only predicted that it will sell 30,000. 30, yeah, which is crazy. They they smashed over that. Yeah. So just reading from my Nintendo news, Marvelous has announced this morning that the charming adventure title Sakura of Rice and Ruin has topped 1 million units shipped. This figure also includes digital sales on Nintendo Switch eShop and the PlayStation Store. Uh, this far, this has far surpassed the two-person team uh, team's original expectations, as their goal was thirty thousand units. So, just shout out to uh, the t- the team and uh, Marvelous for just smashing their expected goal. goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, by heaps. Well done. Yeah, like when I read that, I was like, "Holy shit, that is awesome! That is a great story to be able to." That is um, like thirty, like over thirty times the, the predicted goal. Mm. Like a two-person team selling that many copies. Like, congratulations, they're millionaires. They can do what they want now. Like, that game has made them. Yep. All right. So this one, this is just a, a bit of, um, I guess, financial data for the Pokemon company that's come out. We don't have a whole lot because they're not a publicly traded company, so they don't have to tell us everything. But this comes from Cantan uh, 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 Games, which is a, a website that basically covers the Japanese video game industry. And the article reads, the Pokemon company uh, TPC is seeing record numbers uh, and has for the first time its sales numbers disclosed to the public. According to the Japanese government's official uh, gaze tell, uh, uh, the record is the following financial performance for the physical year that ended on February 28, 2021. And that includes... uh, 120 billion yen, so that's 1.1 billion US dollars, an op- operating profit of 254 million US dollars, and a net profit of uh, 170 million US dollars. The Pokemon company is a private company, which means the company is not obliged to dis- disclose its full breakdown of its financials. This is the first time the official uh, Gaztel uh, actually showed not only the Pokemon company sales, but also the operating profits. Mm. And I remember uh, Joe from Cerebi.net, he he came out and basically said like the year before uh, there was 
1.1 billion Pokemon cards sold, but the previous year they sold 3.2 billion Pokemon cards. So that is just a, a massive jump on the amount of cards that they've sold. So you can see why there's su such strain on their production to be able to print them in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's insanity. Yeah. And I actually, man, I had it bad the other day. So I went to Big W and I bought a premium collection. Yeah. And I, I'm like, you know what? I just want to open it. So I haven't done this before. I know Bryce, you've done it a couple of times where it's just like a, a bad addiction. You buy your cards, you go back to your car, you're like, <laughs> you open them up. And I got like, I got a rainbow rare and like one baby shiny from my shining fate. So I'm like, you got to be joking. So I'm like, I'm still in the car park. I'm like, oh, what's, what's one more premium collection? What's one more premium collection? So yeah, just one more premium collection, not like a booster pack or <laughs> just one more fucking premium collection. So I went back in. I'm like, oh, come on. I, like I couldn't, I couldn't have my day end like that. So I went back in and uh, pretty sure it was worse. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh <laughs> Jesus Christ so you know look I never spend more than I'm willing to lose but I would have liked to gain something as well you know what I mean yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. Charizard would have been nice would have paid for those premium collections it would have and I wouldn't have sold him I would have I would have liked displayed it I'll put it in like that nice hard case you gave me and I'll, that'll be a a display I'll display forever and you know Logan Paul I don't know what the fight he was in, but he had like he was he was against Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Floyd Mayweather was it such yeah. a stupid like? If anybody watched that fight, I really hope that you watched it from somebody like um, by streaming it. Yeah, because don't pay Logan Paul for some stupid shit like that. He was never gonna fucking win that. The only reason it came up in my news feed is because he wore the first edition Charizard around his neck. Yeah, I don't know what the context is. Did he win? No. No, he got fucking boned. Did he? Good. <laughs> it, was against, it was against Floyd Mayweather, who was an actual professional fighter. Right, yeah. He was not going to fucking win anything. Um, the statistics were something like Floyd hit, uh, Floyd hit like over double the amount of punches that Logan, Hall man Logan Paul managed to hit. Yeah. And Logan Paul spent most of his time in the fight hugging him to stop, him get stop himself getting punched. Jesus, poor boy. Whoever fucking paid tickets for that event, I very much, I don't know why you did it. I think like people that really dislike Logan Paul just want to see his head get smacked in, I guess. I guess so, but don't I, pay him for it. I just think, because the thing is like Logan, he knows that. That's, he's making thousands, if not a million bucks off of that. Like he's making a lot of money mm. because people know that, you know, they're going to be drawn to it to see his head get smacked in. But yeah, that's why it came up on my news feed because of the first edition Pokemon card. Mm-hmm. All right, so Nintendo's, they've sued someone, Bryce. They're getting money out of a poor little internet company. Oh, poor boys. And oh, no. this, uh, this article comes from IGN, and uh, the title is, Nintendo wins a multi-million dollar lawsuit against ROM hosting website. Of course. And the, and the article reads, Nintendo has won a lawsuit against a ROM hosting website called ROM Universe. As reported by uh, Torrent Freak, the site's owner will have to pay $2.1 million in damage to Nintendo after the court ruled in the video game company's favor. Uh, the lawsuit was filed back in September 2019, with Nintendo seeking damage of copyright infringement and federal trademark infringement. This is because ROM Universe, ROM Universe website hosted pirated versions of Nintendo games that users could download. 
Uh, it also offered a premium subscription that allowed ROM Universe subscribers to uh, surpass a download limit. The website's owner filed a de declaration saying that he denies and disputes uh, that he uploaded any files to said website and that no time he did verify the content of said ROM file, but previously te uh, testified and uh, testified that he and or his admin uploaded ROMs to Nintendo's copyright copyrighted works. He also uh, so the declaration was struck by the court. The website has taken was taken offline last year by the law site continu continued and ultimately Nintendo has now won the case. Nintendo internally sought over uh, 15 million in damage, but the cause reduced the damages to 2.1 million in total. So they got off a little bit easier than Nintendo wanted them to. They wanted to actually smash them, but that's the thing. Like with these ROM sites, like it's all well and good to offer the games up for download, even though it's very much illegal. It's another thing to put up ads to make money from people visiting that website to download ROMs. It's another thing as well to offer a subscription service to be able to download those ROMs. So yeah, they're definitely in the wrong there. And archiving, archiving is important for video game history. Like it's it's hugely important, right? But for it to be up on public sites and stuff like that, where people can profiteer off of it, is a bit much. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe if you've got like a little stash that you've got in a cloud somewhere or something like that of maybe like particular ones you've backed up or your friends have backed up or something like that, and you. You can go back to it or whatever just in case something ever happens to your copies. I don't think that's terrible. But profiteering off of piracy that you are more than willingly doing is corrupt. And yeah, yeah, shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, so obviously they're in the wrong, but there's a, a big reason to think Nintendo needs to do better just making their games available. Yeah, that's right. And I think like what Spotify has shown, Apple Music, just music subscription services in general. Like in high school, I downloaded all of my music, all of it. I went to torrent sites and I you know, downloaded discographies of all my favorite artists. That's what you did when you were a kid. Yeah. That's what I, but, um, you know, when Spotify became more mainstream, it's just like, hey, $10 a month, yeah. you can just listen to them and you don't have to go and find them or expose your computer to a virus potentially and stuff. It was just, that was an easier option than actually downloading them for free. Subscription services are great. Yeah. I don't think anybody can deny it. So like Nintendo could beat these services, even I think they should rightfully, you know, stop them. Yeah. But I think uh, a lot of people will be more inclined just to have uh, a Nintendo subscription service and be able to play their games legitimately on Nintendo hardware or even potentially, say, a phone or anything. Let's, let's, let's think wild here. <laughs> or through a cl client on PC yeah, or yeah. something like that, you know, that'd be good. Yeah, they just need to beat them. I think it'd be quite easy. I think there's a lot easier options than finding a working emulator for your phone or your Windows or whatever device. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways they can beat them, but, you know, they need to do better than what they're just offering with the, uh, like, uh, there's over 100 games across NES and SNES, but... That's that's only NES and SNES. Yeah, that's, missing not, that's not the sixty four, the GameCube, the Wii. Yeah, because yeah. like I, we can we can speak to ourselves when we're talking about Prime, um, a Prime trilogy. Like we want to play that game. We'll we'll easily just pay thirty bucks a month or well, Should, yeah, not thirty bucks a month. I'll take that back. We'll pay 
I don't ten dollars, fifteen dollars a month for a yeah, vast like catalogue of like a game pass amount yeah. of money. Yeah, like they have such potential for that. Mm. They could they could run a really um, robust subscription service just with their history. Yeah, let alone new without new stuff. But um, I yeah. would I would like I would rather do that than pirate, no matter what. Of course, yeah, I would too. Because I like supporting it, but yeah. if you know, but if if but if I'm not being given the option, then I don't know how else I'm supposed to because I'm not paying a scalper for that. That's that's literally doing exactly what you don't want people to do, and that's profiteering off of your work. Like when you could be making those sales, you don't like secondhand sales either. So come on, come on, up up your shit, Nintendo. Come that's on, right. Man. Come on, <laughs> come on, come on. All right, so we've got two more stories, Bryce, and these are a bit more fun ones. So this is from Nintendo Enthusiast. And uh, the Super Mario Bros. Extended Cut has released online because mm-hmm. this is what we all need. Yes. So the article reads, The Super Mario Bros. movie is one of the most infamous cases of a bad video game adaption. The uh, 1993 film was a flop commercially and critically, but many Nintendo fans can't help but love it anyway. If you enjoy uh, if you enjoy it for the beautiful train wreck it is, then you'll be happy to know that there's a lot more of it now than ever. An extended cut has been released online, restoring over 20 minutes worth of deleted scenes. On May 15th, 2019, the official Super Mario Bros. The Movie archive team acquired a tape with a rough cut of the film featuring additional scenes. Over the past two years, they have been... Uh, They've been tricking out uh, deleted scenes, including a political rap railing against the Cooper government. Unfortunately, the newly unearthed footage was of poor quality. To address this, the team recruited a director and editor, an artist, um, and artist uh, Garrett uh, Gilchurch, uh, Gil Chris. Oh, Gilchrist. I should know that. I live on somewhere I live. Gilchrist Lane. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that where I live. <laughs> Too late, Bryce. Bryce blew my cover. <laughs> I should not live on Gilchrist Lane, to be fair. Well, to, you you, no, 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 you blew it up. yourself. Shut up. <laughs> I actually, actually didn't. You I, did. I said Gilchrist, and you said exactly where it was. Now I'm going to get doxxed, even though I don't live there. How the fuck hard is it going to be to find something called Gilchrist around here? Shut up. Anyway, look, Bryce. He's blaming me for his problems. Look, listener, listener. I'm going to talk directly to you. Poll time. I'm going to talk directly to you. Would you have known it was Gilchrist Lane before Bryce said anything? Would if, you have said if you write okay, if you write our town name and write Gilchrist whatever, it's going to direct you to there no matter what. Yeah, but they don't know exactly where we live. So they don't know what town that, that, that is. That's that's exactly why I said that. But now that Bryce, I'm scared now. I might even release this episode. <laughs> We're live streaming. You time. don't even live there anymore. I'm fucked. I'm <laughs> fucked. Oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get eaten. <laughs> gonna get gobbled by some big all bad right, boy. All right, all right. Uh, political rap, blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> artist uh, Gilchrist uh, to restore the footage. The result is a new and improved Super Mario Bros. movie extended cut with the runtime of 125 minutes. Uh, for the Super Mario Bros. Uh, movie extended cut uh, uh, restoration, uh, Gilchrist used Photoshop, Premiere, After Effects, uh, EB EB Synth, and uh, a photo app. Um, a lot of tools, I actually got no idea. And other tools over a period of several weeks. He paint, he painted out dirt, uh, sp- uh, splices, ghosting, and damage frame by frame in many scenes using Photoshop. Uh, the 60 uh, frames, per sesh- uh, f- frames per second, Jesus, 
VHS was carefully adjusted down to 24 frames, noise reduced and color graded. A low quality VHS of early concept trailers was also provided. Super Mario Movie Extended Cut is technically still in development as Gilchrist continues to make improvements. However, they wanted to release a version of it to the public in celebration for the film's recent anniversary on May 28th. So there's a video basically demonstrating how it was uh, put together in that. So I'll leave that in the show notes. So how about uh, we get that pizza party going that we were supposed to be doing and then do a like live stream watch along? I reckon that'd be great. We'll do that. Let's do that. <laughs> so whenever um, the full sort of cut comes out, we'll be be watching a, a Snyder <laughs> cut of the um, Super Mario Bros movie. Yeah, with pizza. With pizza. pizza. Sounds good. Yeah, so that, that, that'll that be a thing we'll do. Mm-hmm. So just interesting because it's like, you know, th- I just love how fans get together and do this type of thing. Yeah. It's one of the more magical things about sort of uh, the gaming community where it's like, you know, it's cool when Nintendo releases a brand new product at E3, but when it's like people saying like, yeah, this was this uh, really iconic and shitty movie and there's more of this iconic and shitty movie. Let's uh, really break our backs to get this extra 20 so minutes for people to see. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure there's definitely not me, definitely not you, probably no one who listens to this podcast, but who is going to do that much effort to get that to be something that people can watch. Yeah. 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 No. Cool. I can't wait for it. Good shit. (laughs) (laughs) And the last story, which is also from Nintendo enthusiast. And the title is step aside. We, sorry, step aside, switch pro, a talented fan built a Wii U pro. And the article reads, the internet continues to buzz with rumors surrounding the Switch Pro. While some folks are gearing up uh, to get their hands on some new toys, one Nintendo fan has been busy tinkering away with what is now a treasure from the past, the Wii U. Uh, Nintendo's least appreciated Nintendo gets a lot of judgment, but it does have a it does have some loyal fans. And one such fan goes by the Reddit username of uh, Orlandots. Uh, the Reddit, the redditor, uh, shared some pictures of their Wii U project, which he refers to as a beautiful monster. Um, for all uh, intents of purposes, this is the Wii U Pro, and by the looks of just the exterior, it's a bit of a monster of a machine, that's for sure. Landots went out of his way uh, with some upgrades to their black 32 gig Wii U, originally considered to be the premium model. These upgrades essentially make it the deluxe edition. Uh, the Redditor has managed to very elegantly uh, place four uh, functional GameCube controller ports at the front of the console, one inside and part and and uh, sorry part tray, part tray yeah part tray thirty two gig of uh, flash memory uh, can now to a very loose extent, sit in the same class as the next-gen consoles because the land threw in the SSD into the machine. Considering that uh, this very talented fan not only managed to pull the Wii U Pro off, but also did while keeping the exterior of the console looking clean um, and is quite the feat. Uh, if, he, if he ever does sell this off in the future, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up going for an extremely high value, even if it ends up just being put on display. So, pretty pretty cool little thing. I don't I don't know if you've seen this around, Bryce, but yeah, I have. It's kind of a monster with those GameCube ports that cover over the disc drive. Mm. Yeah. So just like a Wii U 
full of emulation uh, sort of compatibility, SSD, so it loads up really quickly. Uh, yeah, and you don't have to put in that GameCube adapter. I don't know how, um, how much uh, that SSD would actually matter. Yeah, I mean, like obviously the games don't utilize the SSD. No. But I think um, just with like PlayStation 4, like those games don't utilize an SSD either. But I no. think just through them running on PlayStation 5, it just helps a little bit. They're not um, technically made for it, but it just yeah. it does improve loading time. So I guess it will just maybe naturally maybe. hold it just through the hardware. But yeah, maybe cool stuff. Yeah. So yeah, a couple of uh, things Nintendo fans have been doing, which is pretty cool. All right, Ross, let's, uh, let's move into some Red Coin recommendations and we'll run the show out. You've run out of steam. You've got no steam. You're just sitting there. You're My like... steam is dead, man. <laughs> it's been two and a half hours. It has been. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bryce. So this is a Nintendo published game, which a lot of people are forgetting about, which, uh, you know, I've very much forgotten about as well. It's not quite my demographic. But uh, this is DC Superhero Girls Teen Power. And this was uh, in the last Nintendo Direct. And this was a title which people kind of looked at and went, okay. Yeah, cool. So it's $80 on the Australian eShop. It's a full-priced game. It's uh, published by Nintendo. And uh, don't know who don't know who makes it. It doesn't tell me on the eShop. God forbid. God forbid. So if you wonder what this game's about, the description reads, Join and fight as Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and Batgirl from the animated series DC Superhero Girls and save Metropolis from DC's most notorious supervillains. Each hero can battle baddies with a unique set of abilities. Wonder Woman uses her warrior skills with the lasso of truth and flying shield. Supergirl has heat vision and super breath. And Batgirl can invert crime-fighting gadgets like the Batmerang and Bathook. But when you're not fighting crime, you have to balance the super life with their lives as teenagers. Oh, no. So it's like a, it's like Persona. You know, you go out into a... Oh, fuck, please. <laughs> Look, I oh, know I've got to uh, level up my talking with... You're lucky Meta's not available tonight. I think you probably would have cut your throat for that one. Jesus. <laughs> What, does that not sound like it? You've, you know, you go and do your fighting stuff and no. then you've got to do your, uh, your everyday stuff. You've got to go to class. You've got to embrace life. Yes, typical typical teenager things like watching a student jump off of a building because they're depressed and... Yes. Mm. I mean... Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, jumping oh, off... no. Speaking off to your death, uh, uh, it was, it's been a quiet week for Nintendo Switch. So I brought up uh, Pony World 3, which you get for $6.75 on Nintendo Switch. And uh, God forbid, if you really want to know what this is all about, mm. it reads, uh, make your ponies farm, farm his dream place to live. Build it and expand it to look the best in the neighborhood. Decorate it and plant new plants to acquire higher status. Sell products to your farm to earn money for food, gifts, and toys. Improved building mode with lots of new buildings and decorations will make your farm unique. Ponytown has facilities needed by your pony to spend playful time, develop its career and education, and care for its looks and health. Visit, visit stylists and beauty salons to improve the most pretty and stylish pony. Attend school and university to find a better paid job. <laughs> and there's a lot of places you can go after or instead of work. 
theater, disco, cinema, skate park, circus, and more. And if that's not enough, you can always go to the beach or take a trip around the forest or mountains. All right, Bryce has left for the podcast, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, but uh, this game sounds absolutely fantastic, but it has some game features that you might want to know about as well, which I'm sure you don't. But uh, they might be interesting. Some of these features they usually list are quite entertaining. But um, we'll see if these these meet the... Uh, Jesus meet, Christ, you're lucky. Meet the mark. Why am I lucky? <laughs> Anybody would have left by now. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's still listening, thank you very much. But uh, so the game features, it's going to improve 3D graphics with a free look mode. Five huge locations with plenty of places to go and three additional locations to build your dream farm. Improved gameplay interface for even easier navigation. Five major scenarios to play in a free mode where only your imagination is the limit. Five minigame competitions. Hundreds of farm decorations and buildings. Just fantastic. Just fantastic stuff. And if you want to pick these up in Australia, uh, Big W have from the... uh, the 17th of June, 10% off uh, Nintendo eShop cards. So if you want to go and pick up some digital games, where maybe it's some pre-orders from E3, or maybe it's Pony Pony Island 3, whatever. Pony World 3, uh, you can get that off. Get some get some credit if you live in Australia. But Bryce, that's it, mate. That's it. Mm. Okay. So we've got, DJ in ch- we've got DJ in the chat currently watching on youtube.com slash iDruby. He says, I'm listening. I'm not really sure why, though. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> All right. So everybody... Thank you very much for listening to The House of Murray, episode 192. If you enjoy my sl- sleepy co-host, Bryce DeWitt, and myself, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at iDrew. You can follow Bryce at Ivy Revan, And you can follow the show at The House of Mario. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. And uh, yeah, of course, join our Discord community if you feel like talking to fellow Nintendo fans about Nintendo and uh, all that type of stuff. We talk about a lot of things in there, but mainly Nintendo because we are a Nintendo podcast. Let's not get too carried away with the topics we cover. God forbid. God forbid. Mm. Bryce, anything like you'd like to uh, touch up on? I, I know you sort of clocked out an hour ago. You're sort of... You're oh, vo- God, you're, I fucking died. <laughs> your, your vocal range has gone out. You've had two drinks. I think that UDL has kind of tipped you over the edge. No, yeah. no. I think I think just as soon as we started getting into the news, I think we'd, I think I talked enough. Did talk a lot there about very important stuff. <laughs> D- DJ, DJ in the chats, like I look naked, and yes, so I am. I am. I definitely am. I'm gonna go to bed. Fantastic stuff, <laughs> because luckily for you, the doors to the house of Mario are closed. I'll catch you later. Give me my Nyquil. All right, I'll get it from the cupboard for you, big fella. Mm, thanks, mate. God, more milk too, please. <laughs>